This week on Invasion the Podcast, Affleck versus Gunn, Dawn of Differing Opinions. Does the blueprint screen laid out 27 years ago still work? And we celebrate sports ball with the March Madness of 1990s comic costumes. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, and I have internet this week, Stedman. And somewhere around the distance is Steve, who's always had internet, King. Sadly, I was killed in a van. <laughs> was, oh, that's two, though. I guess I, I can't no, say I was that. Gonna, I was going to be like, if if the option was for us to run through a doggy door and a, like, and a garage door, there would have been no chance to begin with. Would I would have, have just tried to run through the garage door like <laughs> like, like like Chris Farley just just yeah. go just gut it right so yeah um, so yeah we we were supposed to talk about uh, Scream last week but then um, somebody came along and killed my internet for the like for an entire day so that was a problem um, it's really hard to podcast when there's no internet I mean I suppose I could have sat here by myself and just recorded um, but that would have been awkward um, I could I could have I could have <laughs> I could have just like let out like 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 two minute blank spaces for Steve to respond to it later. And I could have put it all together, but that would have been really complicated. Well, you know, it might've been fun, but I think, uh, it's probably best that, uh, we didn't record. So <laughs> it was, I think it was funny. Cause the moment you're like, well, we could skip this week. I'm like, good. Like it was just one of those, like, it's not that I don't love, uh, you know, recording and talking to you. It's just sometimes like it was last week was, was, it was a weird week. Um, I had to, uh, I had to go to the hospital that, that previous Monday, not for me, but you know, for, uh, for, uh, like Mary to make fun of sick children. Yes. I went in and was like, Hey everybody, I know, I know I'm overweight and aging, but sucks to be you. You know, I just shot all the birds at them and just, you know, whatever. Um, but you know, like, uh, one of Mary's family members was in the hospital and she wanted me to, to be there and I'm like, okay. Right. So that Monday I took a little bit of time off work, went to go to the East side of Cleveland to, to, cause like the East side of Cleveland is either universities, hospitals, university hospitals, or a bone thugs album cover. Like that's like, that's what the East side of Cleveland is. It's like, you know, but, um, evidently, um, (laughs) I went to the wrong hospital to begin with because I was following the directions and and she told me, we'll go to the main campus, get the valet parking and then, you know, come to the building. So I I was driving along and I saw a sign said main campus. I pulled into the valet. They took my car and I walked around and eventually it occurred to me like after many, many minutes of talking on the phone that I was in the wrong building. Oh, and no. as in the wrong hospital, as in the wrong campus. And I didn't have any cash money on me. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to, you know, well, actually, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, Mary told me she was going to give me some money when I got, cause she, she had that, whatever the parking thing was supposed to be taken care of. Right. So I'm like, well, this can't be that far away. So I put the address in the GPS on my phone and it was like 20 minutes to walk. I'm like, I can do this. And then for whatever reason I kept walking, it was like 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm like, when's this going to go down? So 
Eventually, I got to the other hospital, which, by the way, had a sign saying, you know, main entrance and a valet. So it was a lot of fun on Monday. Just walking yeah. around. Yeah, whatever. It's not a big deal, but it was like, it was just one of those things where I'm like, I 20, it's like 20 minute walk's not that bad. And it's like, it really wasn't. But it was just, it was just like, I wasn't expecting to do that. And then when we left the hospital, like we, like Mary's like, well, you gotta like, gotta tell me where this is at. I'm like, well, it's just down there. Like it took three seconds by car to get back to my, where I was, but it took like, you mm-hmm. know, the Oregon trail of me walking, you know, I got, I got dysentery. I got lost. I shot some rabbits. It was, it was a long Monday. Right. And then, then Thursday with the internet being out, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of a weird week. It was a weird week. So whenever you said cancel the show and I'm like, I'm good. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so uh, long story short, to quote somebody I know, it was a weird week last week. So Well, I just didn't want you to be stressed because uh, I knew that from just the tone of the text where you're like, yeah, it's been out and I don't know how long it's coming back. And I'm like, why don't we just cancel the show instead of like trying to figure out another way to do it? Because I, I just... I knew it was going to be stressful for you uh, if we did. So I just figured let's call it off. Well, thank you. Let's kill the whole thing off. Yeah, no, it's just, I like, like I wasn't able to get most of my, my, my real, like my day job work done that day. And I'm like, I kept waiting. I'm like, the moment that comes back on, I'm probably going to log in and try to do some work. So I'm like, and then it hit five o'clock. I'm like, well, that's not happening. And then I was like, but I was like, I don't really, it was just a whole thing, but thank you. I apologize to everybody. I know all of our listener out there, um, you know, like, (laughs) I don't mean to disappoint people because there's a lot more, there's people that we know that are a lot more consistent about releasing episodes. <clears throat> the El Goro, uh, like uh, nothing short of like, you know, a meteor coming to the earth and destroying all life as we know it would that even then he'd probably be like, I, you know what? I could probably record before it hits and get it, you know, get it out. And then he'd be ready to go for the week after the devastation. Right. But me, it's just always like, what happened to the light breeze happen? Yeah. I think we're good to take a week off. I'm, you know, it's been it's been what six and a half years starting the show, you know. I'm I'm real. I'm a hack. That's what I'm saying. I'm a fraud. <laughs> you know, I honestly, I, I look. I I know that the bar is high when we look at somebody like El Goro, but I, I figure, you know, it's better to not press a show or do a show when you don't have all of the ability to do it or to squeeze it in over the weekend or, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I, I and I, I didn't see that you'd posted uh, initially that your internet was out on the invasion page. So I went and put a post up that was like, we're giving four hours of your life back to you. Uh, no show this week. <laughs> and then immediately I saw that your post was like, Oh, I better tell. Oh, that, that would have been better. That, that was better than my Simpsons technical difficulties image. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, but, that's you funny. Know, I just, it didn't make sense for us to do a show, uh, particularly, uh, with you having no internet and then being stressed about your work. Cause you know, the messages you sent Friday where you're like, yeah, this is horrible. Um, it's, it's like I had a vacation day without a vacation day. Well, thankfully I had, I approached uh, my boss. I told him what had happened and I was like, uh, do I take time off for that? Cause I didn't really work. And he was like, well, you could take, you could take a half day and then I could reduce your work for the next day. Or you could just get all your work done and not take any time off. I'm like, well, I'll just get my work done. Like, you know, it was one of those things. I was like, I, you know what? 
I'm good. I'll figure it out. Like I don't need to, I don't need to use my, uh, my time off when I don't need to use it, you know? So, um, it all worked out. It's fine. But yeah, it was, it was kind of frustrating. Um, the, 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 but I guess it's also, it took, took me back to like a time before the internet was like a thing that we had constantly around us. Right. So I'm like, it, it's like we had electricity. We, you know, it's like we had heat and it wasn't like, it isn't like we we're like huddling up. It's like, Oh, the internet's out. Oh, I can't feel my legs. You know, like it's just, you know, I had to be like, what physical media do I have? And it was like me, like walking through my house with like, you know, a club trying to find like game to kill. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't remember physical media, you know, like, like what do we used to do in the before four times of internet, you know? So, Oh, um, so you couldn't even play like overwatch, right? Well, no, I couldn't, connected. I couldn't play overwatch, which was fine. Um, but Thankfully, uh, God of War, which I'll talk about here in our weekend stuff in a second, uh, it's a single player game. I have the disc, so I was I was working on it anyway. So I didn't need an internet connection to play that game. So I was fine with that. So I was perfectly I was perfectly entertained with how, having internet by sitting in my house with electricity and, and alcohol and a PS Five. I, I I suffered through everybody. Just so you know, I suffered through. And I can only imagine how tough it was. Um, I truly feel bad for you. I lo- we lost three men that night. You know, <laughs> I, I sent them out looking for internet, and one of them came back and said that the like that the other ones didn't quite make it. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, no show last week, which obviously you guys know that. With that being said, though, before we get into the weekend talk, um, over over this past weekend. Uh, Samuel was over, uh, him and him and his wife were over for, uh, like an impromptu visit. And, um, I, you know, he was talking about like, I was like, well, what do you guys got coming up on at the devil's ball? And he, and cause I saw they were doing Clive Barker stuff and he was like, oh, we're doing Lord of illusions next. I was like, oh really? When are we recording? He was like Sunday night. I'm like, can I, can I just invite myself in? He's like, yeah, let's just do that. So, um, not that I like recording on weekends so much, but I love the film Lord of illusions. And I wanted a chance to talk about it. So, uh, so fret not Steve, I uh, went ahead and recorded a podcast anyway over the weekend and had a wonderful talk with Nathaniel and Samuel over at the devil's ball. It, it, they published the episode today as of this recording, which is the Thursday, but it's episode 136 since dealing with Lord of illusions, which, um, you know, I hadn't seen that movie in forever still holds up really, really well. So it was a fun talk, found some, found some, um, really revealing information about Nathaniel and his opinion of tacos, which I'll just leave that for people to go listen to. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It was upsetting. I don't Did think you try turning into an episode of invasion. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Stop talking about Lord of Illusions. Let's talk tacos yeah, guys. Everybody's just like, yeah, I was just like, you know, um, it's like, that's a pretty good movie. What kind of topics you like on your taco? Like it's just, anyway, no, um, no, cause, cause the whole thing's, and I'll tell the story here is that, uh, whenever uh, Sam and his wife came over, I was already making taco fixins. Uh, and so I was like, all right. And then, so that the joke was I bribed Samuel with a taco bar to get on the show. And that's when I asked Nathaniel what he likes on his tacos. And I'll leave that for people to go figure out what he said. Okay. Cause I don't want to ruin that. But I like the idea that I bribed myself into a show with a taco bar. So, um, I have, I have a weird feeling that, uh, it's going to be something like he doesn't like tacos at all or, you know, guess you're uh, gonna listen and I'm, find out. I'm very, very curious now. Yeah. To find out. So, you, like, who doesn't like tacos? Right. Like, I, I, yeah. 
Scott Pacula is famously anti-taco. Uh, no, really? Uh, no, no. <laughs> is that how it worked its way in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. Um, so it's uh, it's. I love that film, War of Illusions, which you know, at some point maybe we even cover here on the show because I think it's great. Don't offer um, me your sloppy seconds. <laughs> whatever. Um, like maybe so. Maybe we can talk about it here, Steve. So maybe maybe, maybe next week, Steve. What we'll all just do is just copy and paste that episode in, and then just be like, so tell me. Steve, what is your <laughs> like? You know, bonus episode, guys. Yeah, it's the Devil's Ball with Steve's uh, commentary. Yeah, like I'll I'll send you the, the raw audio file because I recorded as well, and then you can just be like, I, I, I have a thing to say, and just keep and just you know. <laughs> no, I'd I mean maybe not next week, but I would I would gladly revisit Lord of Illusions. It's a great movie. Um, so I don't have you seen it before? Uh, you know I. You you mentioned it earlier before we started recording, and I was thinking about it, and I think I was confusing it with Serpent in the Rainbow. I don't think I've seen Lord of the Illusions. Oh, that'll be interesting. Like I, you know what? It would be really cool to at some point to get your opinion on it going in kind of blind, because um, I just, you know, is it kind of of its time? Is, is there some limitations of some of the special effects of that movie? One thousand percent. But a lot of the practical effects and just um, a lot of because it's also it's written and directed by Barker. It's a, it's going to get weird, right? And there's some really cool stuff in that movie. It's just that some of it hasn't aged very well, but that does not outweigh the rest of the movie. Um, I'll just say that I I love it, and um, it would be cool to maybe talk about it at some point down the line. And especially since you have never seen it, to get some fresh eyes on it. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because I, uh, when it comes to Nightbreed, I haven't seen anything other than, so I did, I don't think I saw it back in the day. Um, my memories of it were all from comic book ads, and I want to say it was, I don't know, within the last 10 years, there was an assembly cut that was released, and it ended up on Netflix, and I ended up watching it there, and I'm like, well, I'm like, I liked this movie, and I, it might actually be the version that's on uh, Joe Bob, because uh, they covered that as, I think it was their season finale, either this year or the previous season. But uh, I think that's called the Cabal Cut, maybe? I, I could be wrong. Don't Nightbreed fans don't come after me. Or if you're listening, Terry, uh, don't uh, come after me. But uh, I think that's the only version <laughs> like, of that movie. I I've like seen. that you separated on Nightbreed fans and then Terry. Like, to separate. <laughs> right? Just, I well, think, I, uh, I, I only know from a chat that I wasn't actually a part of that was going on <laughs> uh, about Nightbreed yeah. being on at the Devil's Ball, if I can spoil, I guess, Spoils. their upcoming shows. But... Um, I was very much like, oh, like, I don't even know if I've actually seen the original cut of Nightbreed. And uh, that's one I know of, that that's I, yeah. I, going I saw off that, on a tangent, Yeah, I saw that but, as a kid, so I don't remember much about it. And I always got that title and Near Dark confused, you know, like, which, uh, you know, like you could probably, if you called Near Dark uh, Nightbreed, it, th- that it wouldn't change that movie, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> So I need, I need to revisit it. Cause I know I've heard, I remember liking it at the time, but it's like, I don't remember much about it at all. So, but yeah, they're doing the Barker thing over there. You should go check it out. If you guys want a lot, a lot of Clive Barker talk and those are always, it's always a good time. Always uh, fun with them. And yeah. So Steve, I, I recorded a podcast behind your back um, just so you know, but I was also going to try to surprise you because I know that we were kind of without content for a week. So I was going to be like, bam, content, you know, there you go. 
Yeah, uh, I think it's really cool that you were on there, and uh, I will share it as well on my Facebook. I forgot yeah. to, but uh, <laughs> that, that's okay. Well, there's I some didn't other know about it yeah. until today. There's so. some other clandestine, clandestine things. Clandestine. Uh, what, there, I did some other secret clandestine? stuff. Clandestine. Yeah, clandestine. Yeah, you know, Candlestein. Candle. Candle island i don't know i did some other candy land stuff behind your back that you don't know about yet so Uh-oh. we'll get there when we get there when you say get there like as in during the show yes, or during the show i'm yes. just waiting yeah. for the future for yeah, you to be go, like go go by look the out, way go I, look uh, outside right now steve no <laughs> no um I, no, there, 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 some some things will be revealed this evening. Let's just put it that way. But oh, I, yeah, well. I was doing yeah, I was doing some many many Candyland things uh, behind your back. So, uh, so yeah, the other thing I just want to mention with my weekend talk uh, uh, would be I did finish God of War Ragnarok. I know that game came out in November, but for me to finish a game within like six months of release, I think that should be a cause of celebration because I have a real hard time sometimes finishing games. Uh, phenomenal. I'm not going to get into like story beats. For those that haven't played the game, but if they're interested, please, 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 please go play it. Um, there is one major plot beat that I have issues with, but I'm not going to get into that here. But if people do finish the game, I'd be more than happy to discuss it with you and see if maybe your knowledge may vary. Uh, combat was amazing. Just everything about that game was polished to a, like a mirror sheen. Um, though my only well, my only quibble beside the story is that once you complete the game there's more game afterwards. Like you can go do a couple other things. I'm like, you know, if you would have let me do these things before the end of the game, I'd probably be more motivated, motivated versus being like, Oh, I finished it. You've shown me credits. It's like, it's like almost, it's like, Oh, well the game's already, it's, it's almost like, uh, it's, it's like, I'm just, I guess I'm just going to run around now. And there's no other goals other than, Oh, here's the thing I didn't see before. You could have showed it to me before now. I don't know, but phenomenal. I put about 50 hours into it. Wonderful game. I'm just, it just, amazing so I'll just kratos is still stoic and just you know has hard time has a hard time telling him that he loves telling his son that he loves him you know spoiler <laughs> which is a theme that ran through the first game you know if he could just tell his son that he cares for him none of this violence would be necessary <laughs> yeah just you know just and it's well because the, the the first game he would always say boy all the time and it's like you just why did he suddenly become the tall man right uh, uh which i mean i haven't seen phantasm so i'll believe you on that so uh but well, but you knew the reference yeah so. I, yeah yeah but uh so you're waiting for him to do it in this game and then like you know you're like okay okay you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna call him boy you're gonna do it. and then it does show up at one point you're like yes he called him boy and i don't know it was um yeah just a wonderful, just, just a, um, an amazing feast of a game. And I'm glad that I was able to complete it. So that's, that's, um, and then I'd also mention too, cause I think you finished it as well. Was the last of us. Did you finish that? Uh, yes, yes. I, I assume that we're moving on to television and not the game, uh, yes. because it's the game. I've never started it. Yeah. The, the HBO series. I'm sorry. Not, um, not, yes. yeah. So, um, we don't have to get into the spoilers here if people have not seen it, but were you like, since you've never played the game, um, like where did that, where did that ending kind of leave you? Like, I'm not, not, not getting spoiler specific, but like it, it's, it's a hell of a thing. Right. So, so I know that, you know, I, and I think this might even be coming from you. I know that the game is full of uh, depressing moments. If maybe is that the way, the best way to put it, or dark moments. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So 
I was expecting something way darker than what we got. Doesn't mean that I disliked it, but I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. I was expecting something way worse, and I don't want to spe- yeah. expect. I don't want to say what I thought was going to happen because that'll ruin what actually happens. But um, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't know how long they took to make the first season, but I, I want to say like the the one episode with uh, them in the city with all the the clickers going crazy. I, I want to say that they, they said that that was like a four week shooter, something ridiculous hmm. because of the amount of crap that was in there. So I'm wondering if we get a season two of this next year, or if it's a, sorry guys, we'll see you in 2025 kind of thing. Cause it, it's so well done. Um, and I imagine that while HBO wants them to get it going as quickly as possible, I'm sure that they also don't want them to risk losing their big hit because they were forced to rush a new season. So, um, yeah, well, considering that, like there was no guarantee there was going to be a second season when this was initially, like whenever it started airing and then how strong it performed. Like, I, I think it, it, it exceeded expectations in terms of viewership. Like it kept growing in number week after week. And it actually was like the second highest rated premiere behind house of the dragon. Right. That's crazy. Like in terms of like a property that like as much as I'm tired of people being like, well, that's the thing based upon the video game. It's like, it's like, I'm hoping that falls away as the same stigma of like, well, it's based upon a comic book where that's seen as like a, well, I don't know. Um, it performed so well. Right. And so with also with having the second game already out there, it isn't like they have to struggle to find a way to continue it. Right. Cause you got Neil Druckmann, who was one of the, that he was the director of both games and like one of the co-creators of the game. And then Craig Mason, I, here's the only thing I hope is that the second game for reasons I won't get into, this needs to go two more seasons. Um, and I think after that, I think we'd be good, but they need to, like a second season. If, it, if they try to encapsulate the second game completely, you're not going to be able to. So take as much time as you want, find your ways to adapt it. But I think we need to have a, like, like I, um, here, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, um, the town of Jackson that you see in the middle of the season, um, that didn't show up until the second game. So it tells you they're already kind of, uh, like weaving things in and out and like taking different beats and trying to bring in different elements. And so they, they know where they're going with it. So Craig Mason's been knocking out of the park for HBO, like just give him space to work and he's going to bring you gold. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Cause I know, you know, I know why I liked it, but I already kind of had the knowledge filling in some of like, not gaps, but I'm already familiar with the material. So it's easier for me to go from point to point. Right. Um, but if, if it worked really well for you and it was very effective, then it tells you they did a good job and I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I don't have any, like major issues with it. I don't have like, uh, it's extremely well done. Um, it's, it's interesting. Cause I know that the game has been around for quite some time, but it, it, it felt like at one point we were sort of in zombie overload. And I know that they were not technically zombies, but they, <laughs> they are zombies. Like they call, you know, when, when the walking dead came out, you know, they don't use the Z word either. They call them walkers here they call them clickers. It's essentially the same thing. And uh, it's interesting because I think before this came out, I think people would have told you that uh, the genre is dried up and dead. Clearly not. If you give people compelling stories, 
set in those types of worlds, people will tune in. Yeah, and as savage as this world is, um, and it is depressing at times, but there's so much beauty in it too. Like the third episode um, with the one with Nick Offerman in it, like I just just it destroyed me. Like it was so beautiful, right? Like it just wrecked me. And I, I think that's a compliment where it's like, you know, like I connected so much, you know, with this uh, doomsday prepper, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, everything. I just, I, but yeah, I'm glad that. Um, and then also the the the, the second episode set in Kansas City where we meet the the two brothers, like that just annihilated me too. You know, even though I knew, even though I knew with everything where we we're going, they still found different ways to take it at different places. And, you know, like just, it's a hell of a thing. And I'm glad they're, I'm glad that they're like, kind of, um, like that Druckmann, like when he gets a chance to come back to it and Craig Mason's like, what about this? And then Druckmann at one point he was like, um, like he was like, I'm mad. I didn't think of that first, you know, like there's a lot there that I love that it's like, he's open to like making sure the adaptation's different because it's a different medium. The one complaint I hear from a lot of people other than, you know, the, the typical internet trolls is everyone's like, there needed to be more infected. It's like, yeah, that would be cool and all, but like this, yeah, I'd like more infected too. But what I got was amazing. And like, I, I don't, you know, if, if, if I had to sacrifice character and story for more, you know, fungi people running around, I don't know if I'd want to make that, that sacrifice. Yeah, and I'm going to probably catch heat for this, but I don't care. Uh, I I hope people from Game of Thrones are paying attention, because you guys are getting your your, your lunch eaten. Because um, The Last of Us was far more compelling than... The one episode of The Last of Us was far more compelling than anything in House of the Dragon. My my hot take. Come get them, guys. Serving them up all night. Hot well, take. I think it's just because you got two of the best characters from Game of Thrones in this series. You know, the original, you know. You know. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I guess also there, you know, there wasn't an episode that, you know, uh, was centered around a pervert's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, infatuation with feet. Is that, <laughs> is that the best? And you, if you, you haven't caught up yet, El Goro, my apologies, but... Uh, yeah, there's a weird foot thing happening in House of the Dragon. Oh, Sorry to spoil it's, it. it well, he was a member of House Tarantino, and, you know, whatever. It's just, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I believe that's uh, what his uh, last movie is going to be. It's just going to be two hours of shots of feet. <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks it's going to be about the 70s movie critic, but it's just going to be three hours of just feet. That's all it's going to be. <laughs> like, Honest Trailers did a, a thing with that about his movies where they just set that um, – Oh, the woohoo song from like was of Kill Bill. They just changed the lyrics to feet, 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 feet. You know, <laughs> like yeah. A- anyway, um, I'm glad you enjoyed The Last of Us. People should go check it out. I don't want to ruin anything for if you if people haven't watched it yet. Just like it's a dark ride. It's a worthy ride. Um, some of the emotional beats hit really, really goddamn hard, and it's it's solid. Like it's just it like it. <laughs> everyone's like, Whoa, this is the best video game adaptation. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it is like, it, it sets the standard for a lot, but it, you know, it's like, there's been other successful video game translations before, but whatever. Anyway, I'm hoping that like, it's funny because after I watched the halo series on Paramount plus, I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it's not bad. I'm sure that like the people at Paramount are like, they're going to go to the halo people and be like, what the hell is this shit? Like <laughs> after watching the last of us, they're like, why can't, what, what, 
what are you doing here? Like, I understand the space Marines and like aliens, but come on guys, come on, do, do gooder, you know? So we'll see what happens with the darker, more broody season of halo coming. I'm sure. Well, and I don't know, I haven't watched halo. So maybe I'm making a, a, a jump or a leap in logic here, but, uh, I think if you were going to take anything away from the last of us, it's that, uh, the show gave us two compelling characters that we care a lot about, mm-hmm. but then when they introduced new characters, we suddenly loved them as well. Yeah. Uh, we, we found ways to fall in love with them. Um, I think that, and again, I've said this many times on the show that I'm much more of a character guy than I'm a plot guy. So, uh, maybe halo needs to focus on giving people characters that they care about before, the big special effects. Yeah. And they, they, they've tried. Place. And like, like if you watch it, which I like, you got plenty of other uh, fish to fry when it comes to things you're going to get to. Uh, and I, maybe I'm the one that was like, I'll watch halo, whatever it's, you know, it's, it's equal parts, interesting Google parts. Like, I don't know what we're doing here, you know, like <laughs> type of thing, but you know, like Paramount gambled on that becoming a viable franchise. We'll see if they get a season two. Um, I'm glad the last of us is doing gangbusters. Um, and that also maybe, and I know what was it? Amazon's going to do a God of war series, right? A live action God of war. We'll see how that goes. Um, you know? Yeah. I heard they're going to do it the canon way though. They're just going to use the sets that are left over from the Lords of Ring, Lords of power. Or <laughs> uh, what's, what's yeah. that show called? The rings of power, the, the, the powers of Lords. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the white, white power rings. I don't know. Uh, no, I just, <laughs> I mean, if that was the case then, and they just kind of dressed up and be like, it's Greece now. I'm like, I'm, I would not think twice about it. It'd be fine. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Right. We'll see. Like, I think that there might be, you're going to see, there's going to be people out there chasing the, that last of us kind of prestige. So we're going to get, we're going to get a mixed bag of probably really bad, uh, game adaptations. And then we're going to get like some other interesting ones out there. Right. Like there, there's some really good stories out there that can be turned into other media. Right. So we're here's hoping, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I just, you know, I, this is a, this is a series that I wish we would have gotten like maybe like a, like a 12 episode season to give us a little bit more time, but what we got was amazing, you know? So, um, but I enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it too. Yeah. Extremely well done. And, uh, you know, I, I know that people are saying that the video game curse is broken, but I, I would say that street fighter, uh, yes, is, uh, yeah. no, I, I'm just kidding. You're right. Perfection, Mortal Kombat, perfection. You know, um, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. What did you get into this this weekend? Um, now that I now that I've talked a lot about God of War, a video game, and then a video game adaptation. So, all right, uh, I'll do two quick things. First one, uh, I meant to mention this a few weeks ago. I think actually you asked me at one point. You're like, was there anything else from the weekend? And I'm like, I don't remember. Um, and this was something that I wanted to mention, uh, HBO max, there is a, and it's, I think it's only an hour long, but there's a documentary, uh, called by design. And it's the story of, uh, Joe Karoff, who was a graphic designer working in Hollywood, uh, for over 60 years. I think he is 102 now. Um, but he, he's the guy who basically designed the 007 logo, which is the 007 that's turning into the gun. Uh, I think that's a Walther P something or other. Yeah, yeah, P90X. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, 
Um, the X. That's that's a, that's a <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but, I, I think it's called a P ninety, right? I think that's what oh, it's called. Like, uh, no, uh, no. we'll find here. I, I want to fact check um, terms. You know, P, uh, oh, like I, I, I first googled it. It said P ninety X, and then I went to P ninety guns. So we're looking at um. Oh, oh no, that's not right. Um, I'm gonna look up James Bond gun, but continue, please. Okay, so. Uh, uh, if you're interested in graphic design, the history of graphic design, or movie poster design, uh, I would highly recommend it. Uh, it's, like I said, it's it's an hour long, if that, uh, but seeing some of the work that he did over the years, everything from uh, that very fom- famous uh, 007 logo to, uh, like, the... Um, I don't know if you technically want to, would call it the logo as much as you would the font treatment for, say, like Rollerball, Manhattan. Um, he did all these interesting designs. Hmm. He did a lot of the posters for Woody Allen back in the day, um, back when people didn't know that Woody Allen was Woody Allen. Um, but uh, it's a fascinating documentary. I wanted to make mention of it. It's, it's also a guy who was doing things the hard way. You know, There were no computers. There were no programs. These were guys working with, you know, very basic uh, design tools and rulers and, uh, you know, architecture-type desks. And uh, there was no, uh, you know, um, oh, Command no, Z. Yeah, I was going to say, no Control Z, right? To be like, yeah. oh, I screwed that up. It's like, well, I guess you're starting over with fresh paper. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, like, for work, I have to work on a PC, and my personal is a Mac, and my brain just got stuck, um, like, command z control z which one is it um but uh yeah i would recommend it a very fascinating look at uh um the career of a guy who uh designed movie posters back in the day when they really had a and i don't mean to shit on current you know design for for film and television but you know there's definitely a much more uh thought out approach to design uh for marketing these movies because there weren't things like youtube and other places to promote movies like you had to have an amazing poster whereas now they're like i guess it's fine throw it throw it in a theater post uh, yeah no uh, like there like you had to have it in like publications and everything so that would draw people's attention to it right or even uh, like in the lobby right so so the 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 gun you're talking about it's not it's not called a p90x which i wish that was what it was called where you you shoot somebody and they have to go move like truck tires suddenly or like jump on a bunch of crates i would love it uh but no it's the walter ppk or the walter p99 is what you're talking about um, that's that little tiny, like, you know, I mean, it's a gun that could kill people, but I know how movie guns work now where it's like, you know, that's a gun that could kill somebody. Yeah. But what if you made it like five times as big, you know, but yeah, that's the one you're talking about. Um, I, cause I typed in James Bond gun and that's what showed up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so other than that, and, uh, I'll, I'll just make brief mention of it here. Uh, cause I don't want to, A, you haven't seen it. So. Uh, I don't want to play too much into our upcoming discussion of Scream, but I did see the new Scream over the weekend, simply because I did not want to have anything spoiled for me. Um, oh, wait, wait, so now wait, I'm gonna spoil wait, it for wait all Steve, of you. wait, Steve, are you saying you saw Scream Six this weekend? <laughs> That's my scream. Uh, so, oh, <laughs> uh, here's my here's my Candyland notion here, Steve. Are you ready for this twist? Mm-hmm. I got through all the screams and then went to go see Scream Six on Wednesday. So. Oh. I'm going to turn the tables on you right now at a scream style twist. 
we're going to talk about Scream 6 tonight as our feature. Um, and then I know you have a quiz revolving around the original Scream, but I think I think we're going to talk about Scream 6 this evening if you'd like to do so. You son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fine. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just give the hot take that I was going to give. Um, uh, much of what the Scream movies are is solely dependent, I think, on who the reveal of the killer is. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie before the reveal was operating at a eight or a nine for me. Okay, uh, we'll get the there. Reveal brought it down to a three mm. or a four. Yeah, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, so I, I, I might be on the same page with you, but I, um, so yeah, here's what happened is that, well, one, we took a week off, right? So, cause my internet took shit. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go through the other screen movies, which will, we, this will fold into the conversation later. So I got through the other ones, watched screen five, um, was it like once like Monday night or something or like Monday. And then I'm like, I took, took Wednesday off from work and I, I had plans of going to the movies for multiple films. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'm going to make, I'm to make it a vacation. Cause I, I love going to the movies, but we've talked about this before. I always worry about the audiences. So I got uh, a ticket to 1150 showing of scream six and it was perfect. There was like two other people in the theater. Wonderful, right? Um, here's here's a spoiler for you, Steve. I'm going to throw a spoiler out here. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to ask you. I had bought tickets for two other movies. What other two movies do you think I went to go see that day? Uh, I, I I can't imagine you not going and seeing Quantum Mania at this point. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say Ant Man Quantum Mania. Um, is the Peanut Butter Falcon still in theaters? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I paid. I paid for a private screening of the Peanut Butter Falcon. Is what happened. Uh, yes. Let me see here. Uh, what else is out right now? Uh, oh, Cocaine Bear. Mm-hmm. You'd be correct. So uh, you're right that I bought tickets for both. Um, but then, so what happened is I went to go see Scream Six. We'll talk about that in a minute. And by a minute, I mean you know two hours from now. <laughs> um, so uh, and then I watched Cocaine Bear. And then when I got out of Cocaine Bear my uh, quantum mania screening was going to be an hour and a half after that. I was like, cause you never, you know how it is when you go buy tickets, like with um, like previews and everything else, you really don't quite know when you're getting out of the theater. Mm-hmm. I got out of cocaine bear and I'm like, I'm not going to sit here in this theater for another 90 minutes. Like, I don't know. This is one of those things I'm like, if it had had the start time for quantum mania been within like the hour of me getting out of the theater for cocaine bear, I would have watched it but I kind of tapped out. So I, I pushed out to not see quantum mania. I wanted to, it's just, that's a long time to sit in a, like a lobby of the theater. And it's like, how many, how many personal pan pizzas can I eat in that time? You know, like, um, you, you know, like, cause now, now like I, I got a pizza between, um, uh, scream six and cocaine bear and I had it and it was like $10 for like, you know, person, like I was like a book at pizza. Like I read a book and I got a pizza that was that big and I'm like, this, you know, I'm like, this is okay. And it's like, and it, 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 you know, it was good enough. Right. It was like, you know, it's, it's pizza. Like, I'm not upset about that, but it's like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to spend the next hour just, you know, I don't know, doing nothing and waiting for a movie. I'd, so I just, I went to go grocery shopping and went home. So I became an adult suddenly after two movies is what happened. Aww. Yeah. Um, it but to happen sometime, right? so yeah, here's my hot take on cocaine beer. Uh, um, okay. Not great. Okay. I honestly, I mean, I, I don't want to be a dick, but that doesn't surprise me. Like, I, I am excited to see it still, um, and I'll have my own judgments once uh, once I do. But you know, there's there's only so far that premise can take you, and I think that uh, I'm 
and I'm sure you can tell me that Girdler did it better, but <laughs> I think that, uh, um, you oh, know, there's, why, how there's dare, so how dare you know me? You how, how dare you know me? I don't appreciate this, Steve, after doing the show, being friends for years and talking almost weekly. I don't appreciate how much you know me in my opinion of animal attack movies. Uh, no, but so cocaine bear it's it's like, you know, I'm glad that it's performing as well as it is. Like, I'm glad that Elizabeth Banks took the chance on it, right? I didn't realize that, uh, what was it, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, like, are one of the producers on it. So you, they they know where their their bread's buttered, where it's like, you know what? We're going to produce a movie with a cocaine bear, you know, like, good good enough. You know, like, I, but, um, so here's what I'll say about this. Watch it. I gave it three out of five on Letterboxd, which sometimes, like, if a film I like, I automatically go to four. I don't know. Like, I'm so forgiving on Letterboxd with my reviews. Um, I gave it a three. I did like it. It is fun. Um, I will say it feels like a first draft of a film. And when I say that is that you're going to, you're going to see interactions and characters and situations that you're going to be like, really, that's the best way you handled that. Or you like, you have a movie literally called cocaine bear and you don't go far enough with it that, you know, like that's all I'm going to say. It's like, like you had, you have the audience's attention. You have a film called cocaine bear. It's a bear that's full of cocaine and you, you do not take it to 11, you know, like, like, um, Whenever, what was it, uh, Piranha 3D came out, that was it like that was like 10 plus years ago, right? Uh, was it Alexander Aja, the guy that did High Tension when he directed that? Um, that movie, you know, it's not great, but it's a lot of fun. Like, you, like, he does not disappoint with Piranha attacks. You know, I don't, I don't know if you've seen Piranha or not. That movie, that's you a, know, I think I've seen both of them. There's, there's Piranha 3D, and then there's like Piranha uh, 3 3D, double D or double whatever. D, like yeah. I didn't see that one, but the, like, which the first one, one, which one involves the, uh, the floating penis. Yo, the Jerry O'Connell penis. That's the first yeah. one. Yes. Okay. Um, that's the episode title now is Jerry O'Connell's penis. I'm not kidding. <laughs> 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 no, uh, it just it like that movie, like it, like, you know, as much as we, the, the whole thing at the beginning was that, that was the one with Richard Dreyfus being sucked down the hole or whatever. And the piranhas attacking him. And it's like, Oh, I get it. You're, you're dressed up like the jaws guy. It's like, that's all silly, but they didn't shy away from how batshit crazy a piranha attack could be. Cocaine bear does have some fun with it. However, it doesn't go batshit crazy. And that's, that's the thing where it's like, um, if people have not seen an animal attack film like this with the premise, that's ridiculous. If they had a good time with it, good. Cause this film's overperforming. Good. I just, when you say that girdler did it better, yes, he did do it better. Uh, cause he didn't shy away from things getting really stupid, you know, like, um, so yeah, it was still fun. It's just, when you see it, we'll talk further, maybe not like not on mic, but like there's, there's certain scenes where I'm like, you, you could have like sat down with somebody else and be like, how do, how do we actually like write this scene better? That's all. So it was just very frustrating of how, um, there were setups and not the best payoffs. And also like, you know, you could have had more hero moments for the people challenging the bear. But again, you have a bear that's high on cocaine. So, and like Ray Liotta's fun and fine. It's just that he deserved a more batshit crazy movie to go out on. I think he still has like two or three movies left coming out. So yeah, but do any of them have a bear full of cocaine? Like, I don't know. What's that? How many of them have a bear full of cocaine? Well, um, I, I don't know how yeah. many of them have that, but I, I would just say that, uh, 
Uh, I don't think he was planning on that being his last <laughs> film. So <laughs> like, he's just like, he's like, you know what? Like, uh, like, like he got, he went to a fortune teller years ago and it's just like, here, this is what's going to happen. So he's been living his life and he's just like, all right, I got, I'm going to, I got to face my fate. I got to go to cocaine bear and I know it's going to be the end. No, he's still fun. He chews up the scenery, but yeah, uh, it, it's available like for video on demand right now, but I'd say wait till it's like not, not like what 20 bucks to rent or whatever it is. Wait, it's still fun, but it was very like, Oh, this could have been something more, you know, that's all. Well, I do wonder if, uh, and again, this is purely speculation because I don't know anything about the movie, but, uh, I mean, I guess I know enough about the movie from the trailer, but beyond that, I don't know what its production was like. I'm wondering if this was a loose script and there was a lot of improvisation because I feel like when you do that, sometimes you get a lot of magic and sometimes you get a lot of things that are just unconnected. Like, for instance, Jay and Silent Bob's Strike Back. uh, Once you get past uh, them leaving, uh, I think it's I think it's uh, um it's not Banky's apartment. It's it's uh, Holden's apartment, and they go off on their quest. There's a lot of improvisation that happens from there to the end of the movie, and I think that that's where the movie kind of falters because it's like, yeah, this is fun, but the narrative is sort of a little. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I, I, I know that I'm comparing it to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but the point that I was trying to make is is that. Sometimes that can be gold and can work in your favor. And sometimes I think it can hold back. If you would have somehow like folded in uh, Jason Mewes into this movie, it would have been 10 times better. Like just having him react to things would have been amazing, you know, but, um, but yeah, like I think um, like Margot Martindale is actually given a prominent role in the movie, which I know she's like known as like this character actor, like, and her role is fun. It's just that like, I, I kind of like where they're going with her. And I wish that she would have had a more of a complete arc. That's that's what I'll say about that. I I think Elizabeth Banks' director is perfectly fine. It's just that like I mean that sorry, that sounds very dismissive. What I'm saying is that like um she has like she has an eye for certain things and there there are bits in the movie that work really well. Don't get me wrong. It's just that I th- it's one of these movies that thinks it's more clever than it is, and it's like, oh, you had a chance to just go like super dumb with this and have a lot of fun. And then the moments where you're trying to be like, eh, see how this is kind of funny. Doesn't always work. That's all. So, so I'll, I'll just say this here. Cause I, I, I'm my Jane silent Bob strike back analogy was kind of shitty. Uh, moving into another Kevin Smith movie, uh, and holding up against a jet up movie, uh, 40 year old virgin. Uh, there's a lot of improvisation. Oh, Jesus, in that movie yeah. and it works extremely well. um, Oh, God. Uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. I almost forgot the name of the movie. Uh, that film doesn't work as well, and that was him embracing sort of that same sort of improvisation. And I, I think that, like, it worked against that movie because what you're really there for is Kevin Smith's writing. So, Well, but you're mentioning two films with Elizabeth Banks, right? I guess I am. I, yeah. I hadn't thought of it in that regard. And, and, so. and, I'm, and what I'm saying is that she's funny, right? And it's like... um. And and I hear um, this is a slight spoiler, which it really isn't. Um, have you you've seen Wet Hot American Summer? Oh yeah, and yeah, she's in that uh, as I watched well. the yeah. first season of the Netflix show. <laughs> I didn't get around to the second. Uh, I, you you should just to, it's like it's not perfect, but there's moments. But it's I'm, it's just one of those things. It's like for a for a movie that didn't deserve two seasons of television, 
there's there's a lot there that's okay but, i love the yeah. fact that like they made that movie like 10 or that series 10 years later and it's a prequel yes and they're all supposed to be younger than it, they were and michael the showalter clearly got a lot of more uh junk in the trunk right <laughs> you know like, <laughs> in between but no but um so the, the the song that opens uh what hot american summer is jane um oh who's the artist um, but you know the song, right? Um, it's, um, I'll look it up. I'll look it up right now. Uh, it is by Jefferson Starship, right? You, 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 if you heard it, you knew it. That opens that movie. And that's the song that opens cocaine bear. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm in, I'm in. All right, Elizabeth Banks, you're in white out American summer. You know what's going on. There we go. And it's still like, it's like, Oh, I just kind of wish that it's also the opening sequence. I, I wish you would have kept that energy for the movie. It's just, I don't, I'm not trying to show cocaine bear. It's just, this is one of those ones where it's going to frustrate me where everyone's like, that movie's hilarious. It's like, yeah, that's funny. But it's like, you, can I, can I show you, can I show you day of the animals? Can I show you grizzly? You know, can I show you something more? Can I show you a bear that just wants to eat marshmallows and attacks a child? Can I just, can I please, please come in, come in, come in from out of the cold of okay movie to completely genre ridiculousness, you know, but okay. anyway, yeah. So, um, so yeah, anyway, I've, I've talked too long. We've been, so I know you're, you were going to talk about scream six, but we're going to talk about scream six. Was there anything else on the weekend? Cause I know we've been going along cause I've been blathering on about a bear full of cocaine and other things. No, no, that's, uh, I, I mean, there probably were, but honestly <laughs> we're, you know, almost an hour in, I think at this point. So I like, we should I, probably get on to news. Yeah, I like that whenever we go like two weeks without talking to each other, it's like, Hey everybody, five hours deal with it. All right. So yeah, let's just, let's just get to the news. everyone good news everyone where we got to the news before the one hour mark um and i'm sure that annoys people that we constantly worry about time but i'm always like you know what we're gonna get out of here within two hours and i'm wrong every week because i love talking to steve that's well I'll, I'll just say that uh, you know i never used to worry about it and then you're always like ah Ah, so I'm like, I guess I should probably worry about it as well. So well, just because uh, like, now okay. it's in, ingrained in no, me. Well, well like, yeah, I, I, but okay. So you listen to other podcasts, right? You, you, you do, right? Like sometimes I don't know. Like, are you, are you just, or are you satisfied? In your belief? I'm not that, familiar with the term podcast. I, I, I don't know if you're satisfied with just. You know what? I record a podcast. It is amazing. All others are inferior. I will not listen to other podcasts. <laughs> that is certainly not the way I look at it. Uh, no, um, I, 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 I feel like you're hinting at the idea that, uh, perhaps, uh, if I paid a little bit more attention, the time would be more important to me, which it is now it is. I, I realize after hearing you say it, you know, episode after episode that we've gone too long that, you know, I should cut down. No, 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 no. It's it's me. It's me. It's just that whenever I listen to my, like when I go through the shows I get through each week, you know, sometimes I'm like, Oh, it's an hour and a half. I can deal with that. I'm like, they went two hours, those sons of bitches. And then I'm a hypocrite where I'm like, Hey everybody, do you want to waste six to seven weeks of your time? Uh, like listening to us talk about tacos. Anyway. so. So here, okay. If you want my philosophy, I will give it to you really quick. For me, the shows that I enjoy the most are the ones that make me feel like I'm listening to friends talk. So that's why I like when we devolve into idiocy and talk about tacos for a half hour. 
because sometimes I feel like it's like, oh, we've got to get into this, you know, this movie and we've got to have, you know, a super long discussion about it or, uh, you know, we've got to have really good takes on it every week. That gets grinding. Sometimes I just want to sit and talk to my friend about like tacos. Yes. So, you know, I, I no longer compare myself as far as because we've had this discussion off air as well. I listen to almost every episode, guys, and then I try to make notes to make myself better. And what that all that does is, is it gets in my head and makes me worse. Well, like I, I'm still convinced that my first episode that I ever recorded is probably better than my most recent. <laughs> so I was going to say, I appreciate that you take the time to listen to us twice, and I'm always just like, "All right, send it. We're done. We're done." You know, like I'm I'm of the Tom McFarland school of if my last thing isn't my best thing, then I'm not doing it right. <laughs> which is not true at all. You know, like, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess for me, you know, I know that I'm never going to have a talk without rhythm, uh, style show. Like El Goro can talk eloquently for hours. And I know that that's, that's your goal. But for me, maybe I'm holding you back because no, I'm bullshit. like, no, I want to talk about bullshit. Uh, Kmart I, subs, you know, no, like, no. but no, I know that like, <laughs> I, I'm very much more open to the freeform flowing show. No. Like when we did our year ender, you were already like you were tense because you were like, oh, I don't know that I can do a show where we don't have a topic, even though the topic was let's talk about the year. You still were like, I got to figure I it out. I, I smoked so many cigarettes that night. You don't even know. Um, that, that's, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just, you know. What I you know, I just don't want to ever. I don't want to ever test anybody's patience. You know, that's all. That's all. Like I know we're like we're supposed to get in the news right now, but it's like, like it's one thing where like because like you know I listen to a lot of different shows, um, and like you know it's just and I do enjoy the conversation, and I do enjoy being the third person listening in. Um, it's just that you know sometimes where it's like you have three or four shows that you maybe like you know you're like I'm following these each week, some get longer than others. You're like well, yeah, I got to make a decision which. I also understand. That's why I've been trying to do better recently about putting like uh, timestamps in the notes so people understand where like they want to go. And like, oh, you want to let's talk about nothing for an hour? Cool. Uh, taco talk? Cool. Um, Scream six talk? Cool. You know, like, so at least that way they like, like, you know, where, where if somebody wants to get into something else, because that's always been the goal of the show is like, oh, maybe this doesn't appeal to you. Give it, you know, a few minutes or in our case, an hour it will change, you know? And, um, I think there's, I think there's a difference there and I do appreciate that you're flexible and you will bend, uh, and you know, and, and just anyway, sorry, I'm getting in my own head. I apologize. Um, let's just get to the story. The first story here that you have is about, uh, it's about DC movies, which I know Steve has no opinions on whatsoever. Yeah. Do you want to play the intro or just move right into news? Oh, I thought we did the news intro already. Did you do the, yeah. Da, yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the song is <laughs> whatever the song is yeah i did the good news everybody i did, did that. you yeah oh, all right well if i if i didn't then, then I'm, I'm i just you know everybody we're in news t- news time now so here here's news time hooray hooray tonight i don't know anyway continue please yeah but isn't there a theme song like i no i, I, play, I played i week, played the news thing like 10 minutes ago it was the good news you? thing. yeah all i right. literally did i stopped yeah. listening my apologies <laughs> well i mean i don't blame you <laughs> all right so yeah there there was a story i shouldn't even say a story there was an announcement yesterday that uh james gunn uh had announced that he was going to be directing uh superman legacy and 
There is a show that, oddly enough, I just discovered within the last couple of weeks that's called Comic Pop, and uh, it is what it sounds like. It's a comic review show. But on that show, they do talk to creators, and I believe it was Tom King who was on the show, like, dropped the bomb that uh, James Gunn was directing Superman Legacy, and then suddenly, like, that had to go away. (laughs) And so people were like, well, it's pretty obvious that he's directing. So I think that might have actually been why he made the announcement. But uh, uh, he said up until now that, you know, he was writing it, they didn't have a director. And I think that uh, just based on the things that he's been posting, uh, he's clearly, he's, he's picking the right material. This isn't Zack Snyder, and I, I don't mean to turn this into, oh, I'm going to shit on Zack Snyder for the next 20 minutes. I just mean that I very much remember when they announced Superman versus uh, Batman, him being like, it's going to be Dark Knight Returns. I'm like, Why? This is their first time meeting, not their last. Like this, that doesn't make any sense. James Gunn, on the other hand, is sharing like images of wonderful Superman stories, and I'm not saying that that's all going to get synthesized into a script. But you know, he shared an image from All Star Superman, which I think a lot of people consider to be one of the best Superman stories of all time. Um, he's clearly doing the Donner homework. He's shared a couple of things from uh, in the last month, I think, of him watching. Uh, the, you know, the original and then the cut, uh, the Donner cut of Superman 2. Everything that he's sharing is telling me uh, that we're in good hands. There's nothing he's shared yet where I'm like, oh, no, you know, uh, I can't believe that's what he's using as his source material. So I think that a it's a it's a good call uh, on both DC's part and his part to embrace it and be like, you know, if I am going to be the one leading this, what better way than for him to direct the big movie that's going to, you know, because I think that's the first movie that's going to be released, right? I'm not wrong. There's animated series and the TV shows, but Superman Legacy, I believe, is their first big film that will be reintroducing us to whatever the the new DCU is going to be. And the other thing that I wanted to mention, and this is in contrast to that, is is that Ben Affleck recently came out to say that he will not be directing uh, a film for um, Warner Brothers or for DC. Uh, He is quoted as saying, I would not direct something for James Gunn. Uh, Absolutely not. I have nothing against James Gunn. Nice guy. Uh, Sure, he's going to do a great job. I just wouldn't want to go in and direct in the way that they're doing it. I'm not interested in that. And for me, that that to me says they have a plan for once. It's not like, well, just go do what you want. It's, hey, we, we've got a plan and we're going to stick to it. And I have a feeling for somebody of Ben's caliber, he probably wants to control his projects. Uh, and that's not a fault of his. It's not a fault of DC's. But at least in some way, it feels very much like we're trying to get a hold of this thing. And we want to have a set style and we want to have a, a set uh, parameter universe for what you can play in, you know, because people were speculating that he was going to do. And when I say he, uh, that uh, Affleck was going to do Batman and Robin, which is based on Grant Morrison's uh, Batman and Robin run, where oddly enough, uh, at least the images that they showed were uh, it was Dick Grayson actually as Batman <laughs> in that, mm-hmm. that uh Uh, storyline but 
I, I think that a um, it's good news that he's directing it because I think it, it it will set the tone for the rest of the universe. But also, I think that you know Affleck is a guy who's an incredible filmmaker, and him basically saying similar to what Edgar Wright said, you know, about Ant Man was like, I wish him well. We just couldn't make it work and do it the way that I wanted to do it and the way they wanted to do it. That's kind of what I'm getting from his his comments. So I know I just threw a lot out there. So uh, your thoughts on the James Gunn directing Legacy, Ben Affleck not directing anything DC? Well, it just, you know, like with Affleck winning, like, you know, best picture with Argo, like what, 10 years ago? Like he, he, he knows what he wants to do. Right. And that's fine. Uh, he has some carte blanche to do what he's going to do, but it's like, and if he feels that like, you know, that he's not going to fit in with the gun vision, that's fine too. But it's like his, you, you, there's part of this that you didn't mention, which is important, which I know we talked about before we start recording about how, uh, you know, was it uh, justice league was like one of his worst experiences. And then Snyder comes along. It's like, Hey everybody, what if I spend more money and then have Martian Manhunter be, you know, um, there being like Clark's mom, that he didn't say that part of the quote and then how that made the movie a little bit better. And everyone's like, Oh, you know, like, congratulations. This is a better film. Like I'm sure, I think he's just done with comic book movies. I think he wants to do different material, like, but you know, that's fine. You know, like you like move on. And if you don't, if you can't have the same creative freedom in this kind of like, um, like a uh, production house, Okay, credit like fair enough. You know, I don't think anybody's clamoring now for a um, Affleck directed Batman film because Matt Reeves like hold my beer. You know, like so I just for him to be honest about it, it does sound a little sour grapes. However, he he's speaking from a position of like I've I've won Oscars for films I've made and I get to choose what I want to do next. So you know, I don't know. Affleck, you do you, you know, you, you got married to JLo a second time. Congratulations. I, I, I'm, you're living a charmed life as much as you seem like a sad sack. You're living a charmed life. Well, so I don't want to bring the show down. Uh, and it's not like, you know, I talk to Affleck and we have conversations. Uh, but one of the things that is, and I, it's not, I don't think mentioned in this piece, but it has been mentioned in other places is, is that uh, justice league, particularly, the Whedon intervention and in, in the whole way that, that, you know, the bombing of, I, you know, yes, financially Superman, Batman did well. It just didn't do what it should have based on having those two characters. Um, and then it was also critically panned. Then he has to go into justice league. And again, I will never, you know, I will never attack Snyder for why he had to abandon Justice League when he did, you know, it's an awful tragedy. Yes. Um, and I, I hope no one has to deal with that in their life. Um, I know that the Joss Whedon thing screwed with him as well. He has been on record being like, yeah, I have a drinking problem. And like, I believe it sent him into a spiral. Uh, so I, I totally get being like, you know, I'm good. I'm honestly surprised they got him back for flash. I don't know if they backed a, a truck of money up to his house or if it was just one of those things where they're like, well, you still have one on your contract. I don't know. I don't, quite understand how they supposedly he makes an appearance in the new Aquaman movie too. I don't know. So, so there was also supposed to be a, uh, appearance by, uh, Keaton in that movie as well. And everything I keep hearing is both have been scrapped now. So I, and I say hearing, you know, like I'm on the, the 
Hollywood Reporter beat. You know, I've got all the scoops. Um, you, you call, call the, me Doomcock. You, you call uh, the one nine hundred number every day for uh, Batman uh, yes. tips, right? Oddly <laughs> enough, they're read to me by Hulk Hogan. I don't know why. Um, you want some Batman stuff, brother? I give it to you. <laughs> no, so I certainly don't fault him, and I I don't know that I get sour grapes. I get more of a if there's sour grapes, I feel like it's more about the situation as opposed to the new direction. Because I feel like, it, you know, it, it, it. Okay, so I'll just say that I didn't think we'd ever see Michael Keaton as Batman again, and now we're getting it. So there's no way that it's just closed off that he won't get the itch and do something again. You know, mm-hmm. um, I I kind of like the idea of him having that ability to walk away and say no, because that's that's tough. You know, like. How many people could just say, like, oh, I walked away from this thing that would have made a lot of money for me and, you know, potentially could have boosted my career even further? Like, he's at a point now where he can call his shots. So I don't I don't begrudge him that. And also, if you're not on board with where things are going, it's also best to just cut those losses and, well, and be like, and also not for being me. like a director of like multiple like awards recognized films, like, you know how you want to run your ship. Right. So like, you mm-hmm. don't, if you don't want to be like under somebody else's guys, or not guys, but like gays, I get it. I'm not upset about that. So I think his, his comments are taken maybe with more malice than what was intended with, in his case, you know, like if he says, I won't do it under, like, I like James Gunn, like they are different sensibilities, you know? And it's like, that's fine. Like, you know, whatever. Like, so like, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is that like people have sort of demonized James Gunn. And when I mean people, (laughs) I mean the Snyderverse bros, but like, you know, they've demonized James Gunn for not keeping Cavill as Superman, you know, and he's had very similar sentiments to what, uh, Affleck is saying here about the direction in the sense that, you know, he's like, we're going to go younger with Superman. Um, and Henry just doesn't fit into that. We'd love to work with him on something else, but it's not the direction we want to go in. And, he, you know, people have just been like all over him. And I don't know if you look at Twitter, Paul, but it's kind of a mess. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I trust um, Daddy Elon to make everything work good. Um, that's why I've I uh, Mary doesn't know this, but I've um, I've I've taken our mortgage and turned it into crypto. Um, oh, just hoping, that's good thinking. Yes. But this is, yeah, you know, I've invested heavily in Twitter, um, uh, the boring company, uh, that thing he does where he puts microchips in monkeys brains and kills them. I'm hoping that will pay dividends at some point. Uh, that's not a joke. He's literally doing that right now. Not me, not me investing money, but like him killing monkeys. Uh, you know, I'm just hoping, you know, I'm hoping that, um, I'm hoping that the guy that, uh, you know, the guy that bought Twitter for way too much money. Cause he said a dumb thing, you know? I trust him. I trust Elon. I trust, I trust, uh, Tony stank to, to, um, to get me through. Well, the other thing that I was going to say is, is that, uh, you know, I, I, I think gun should be applauded because he's very, he's been ever since the deal has been announced, he has been controlling the narrative and he's doing a great job at it. Uh, which is something that I think that DC was missing for a long time where, it's like, well, The Rock wants to make this, but you know, we're doing this and we're doing that. And Dwayne Johnson's coming out place. looking worse and worse at the tail end of this, right? Like he's looking 
kind of like a shithead. And I'm like, I've always cheered for him. Like, I know I shouldn't cheer for like billionaires, but like, yeah, it's not, it's not looking good for the rock. Well, I, I guess the point that I'm trying to make though, is, is that like Kevin Feige has never really been in the position where he's had to like go online and defend. And he just, you know, he leaves things be and lets people, mm-hmm. you know, make their own conjecture and talk about the doom of the Marvel universe or whatever, you know, whereas F or I'm sorry, gun is very much like, open and honest about things. Like I've seen him like just shoot down rumors, like the wildest, craziest rumors, uh, probably cause they're the easiest ones to attack, but he's well, being very vocal with the audience. And I think that that's a good thing. Well, I think he learned, right. Cause after his, um, his supposed blacklisting from Marvel after, you know, like the, the tweet, like the thing that he atoned for and then got like fired for, I think he's like learned from that of like, let me get in front and let me just like be honest. And then you can't come after me, you know? And yeah. I think, I, yeah. I, that's probably fair, but it could have just also been easy enough for him to be like, well, I'll wait for press releases and things only and make comments then. But I feel like he's, if it were me, honestly, like, I don't know. I, I, and I, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm James Gunn or get anybody to even listen to me on Twitter. But as far as, it goes with interacting with the fans and then the the people who aren't fans, I guess. Um, he just seems to be a class act overall. And my instinct would be to just be like, well, the hell with it, man. I'm not going to post anything. If I'm just going to get grief 24-7, I, to hell with them. I'll just wait and you know make statements when press releases come out. You know, that's I, fair. I, just, I think it's very bold of yeah. him to get ahead of things the way that he has. And I think that he's he's um, he has inherited such a fractured like setup, right? So like it's better to be like um, there was a, there was a gentleman, and this is this is unre- like unrelated but not related. Un- like it, it's connected but not. There was a gentleman that used to work for Blizzard Entertainment named uh, Greg Street, who eventually moved on from Blizzard to um, Riot Games. They're, they're the ones behind League of Legends, which I know you've seen ads on you know the internet for. But forever, 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 he was one of the front-facing developers of World of Warcraft. And he was always one of those guys that was very honest about what was going on. So it's like, oh, what's Greg Street thinking? So like he would actively get into the forums and engage with people, not with everything, but like he would call a spade a spade and talk about it. So you always like, you know what? He His, his, um, his handle was Ghostcrawler. Um, cause he, he actually went to school for marine biology. So his favorite thing was a crab called a ghost crawler. So anyway, that's unrelated. So you're like, what's ghost crawler have to say? What does the ghost crab have to comment on the current state of world of Warcraft? So if Greg street posted, you're like, you know what? We're in good hands. So I feel like that's the kind of the same thing where it's like, there, there's this big, big multi-million billion dollar company. And there's someone that's at the top that can speak to the fans directly. That's the vibe I get from gun being like uh, front facing about this though. I wish he would pick a crab name. I'm kidding. That's not what I mean by that. (laughs) Yeah. I just, you know, I'm, I'm all about, uh, you know, gun directing Superman. Um, and I think honestly, if it is setting the tone for what this universe is going to be, there's no better way to set that example. Uh, I mean, if not him, who, who else would you want to direct a Superman film right now? Like who, who would like, you know, <sighs> boy, that's a good question. Like, um, you know, who, I mean, you know, if I like, if just top top of my head, which I've not seen quantum mania, but like Peyton Reed gets more of like the fun and the humanity. 
Like maybe, you know, like I think he'd do okay. Cause he's done, he's done three Ant-Man films so far. And I like the first two, um, mm-hmm. that might be okay. Um, you know, like, uh, what the, the gentleman has done, um, the three, uh, Spider-Man films. Um, I always forget his name. Cause it's like, it's Was it John Watts Watts. Yeah. Why not? Right. Cause I mean, um, like they're different characters, but Spider-Man and Superman aren't dissimilar in the sense of like, you know, they're, they're both weirdos and outsiders, but they, they always fight for the greater good, you know, like, like, you know, like what, well, even, even John Favreau, like, you know, like what, who else would you pick to direct Superman film at this point? Well, I, I remember when it was announced that Favreau was not going to do Avengers and people were like, what, <laughs> you know, and at the time we didn't know that Joss Whedon was Joss Whedon. Um, so when they brought him in, people were excited. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, okay, so. Uh, here's another hot take. Uh, maybe with gun writing, because one of my favorite gun movies is one that he wrote but didn't direct, is the remake of Dawn of the Dead. It was directed by Zack <laughs> Snyder. <laughs> maybe if, oh. you know, there's, you know, James Gunn on set and giving notes and like. I, letting think, him... I think Snyder, I think he's too. I, I'm not saying I want it. I'm just saying that, yeah. like, I think that that would have been a better combination than Snyder being like, this is what the Snyderverse is. It's dark yeah. and cool. Fair enough. But yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, but I'm just trying to think of like somebody that's done like a film. that's just been a delight, you know, recently where you're like, I've loved every moment of this. It's like Superman, you, you need to have some joy, right? Like, and I think what, like, you know, the character better than I do, but like you, you like, you need to give a shit. It's like he needs to be the Boy Scout. I mean, to a degree. I think I think Marvel with the cinematic universe has made a better Superman with Captain America than Warner Brothers has done with Superman recently. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you were giving it to the Russo brothers or <sighs> That'd be I a good even call. maintain that the the two thousand two Spider Man by Sam Raimi is the best Spider Man movie that came out in the two thousand or best Superman movie that came out uh in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. And I really like Superman Returns. It just happens to have awful people attached to it, um, which we did not know at the time. Yeah, James Marsden, that son of a bitch. <laughs> but you know, I, I think that uh, <laughs> poor James I'm just Marsden. Let that one I'm, live. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cyclops. You deserve better. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, Sam Raimi did such a wonderful job with that, and it, it's if you watch Spider-Man 2002 back to back with Superman 78. You can see that Raimi was like, oh, I'm going to take from Donner the things that work, like verisimilitude for the character and, and giving us an honest trailer of who the character is and getting the character to, to fall in love, particularly with the way the act structure works. Like, it's almost beat for beat. There's even a point where, you know, Aunt May says, you know, you're not Superman. But there's also a shot of him opening up his, his shirt to reveal the, the spider suit that's clearly an inspiration from you know, Christopher Reeve bursting up and open his shirt to reveal the S shield. Like, yeah, I think Sam Raimi could do an amazing job. Uh, but you know, I, I, I hate to admit it. Like, I don't know who I would pick. Like, I, and that's fair, I'm but sure I'm saying like tons of people that I'm no, not thinking like, of. Right you're going to put, you're going to put gun in charge. That's fine. Like, I mean, you know, like I, I think, I think even like somebody like Abrams would, but you would need to have like a little bit more control, like a little bit more tighter script control with Abrams. Right. Like, I think he would do a spectacle. Like he would do like, 
it would be beautiful with him, right? But you need to have a little bit more heart. And I think, you know, but but yeah, Gunn taking like him being like, I'm choosing to do this project. Like if you if you made me give a shit about Peacemaker, I have no doubt you'll make me give a shit about Superman. Uh, you know, and honestly, this just popped in my head. Uh, and again, there's there's certainly enough to be said for I want to know what the, the the version of Solo is going to be under Lord and Miller. Mm-hmm. But after seeing Spider Verse, you know, like what? And I don't know what the dynamic is between the, the two of them. I don't know if they co-direct, if if they actually one writes and one's directing. But those guys would be a good oh, call. Like that'd be a great call. Absolutely, yeah. That would be a lot of fun, you know? And I like, cause like, I mean, even like, weren't they the ones behind, like they produced the, the Lego Batman movie, which was a lot of fun. Like, I know that's mm-hmm. not the same thing, but that does a pretty good job of having some fun with Batman. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I think I, we're in good hands with gun. So we'll see how it goes. And Affleck saying, I'm not going to do a DCU movie under this. I completely understand and respect that. Go do your movie about uh, Michael Jordan choosing your shoes. You know, whatever. You know, the 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 one with him and Matt Damon. That's the spiritual sequel to Goodwill Hunting. Do you know what though? A, I love Goodwill Hunting, and B, I don't give a shit about Michael Jordan, but I want to see that movie. It looks like it's going to be a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It almost feels like it should be like a book into that Tetris film that's announced that we saw the trailer for a couple weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm kind of in. Also, you should look up. There was a trailer released uh, either today or recently called BlackBerry that deals with the rise of that phone. That has a uh, Glenn Howerton um, playing like the main money guy behind it. Mm. It looks ridiculous and fun, like uh, based upon a true story of a bunch of idiots running, like trying to get this phone that you type with your thumbs popular. So you should check out that trailer. I watched it before we start recording. It looks, it looks, it looks like these would be three films, kind of a feather to each other. So, okay. yeah. Um, so, uh, anything else about the DC stuff? Cause I mean, I know we're like every, every week we're going to find something else DC to talk about. Um, are you ready for some controversial story? Actually, you know what? I have a set of secret stories and then one that's going to piss you off. You ready for that? Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm ready to be pissed okay. off. So first one here is, um, suspected bird trapped in a wall was a stuffed Harry Potter toy. That's the first story. Um, this is not going to piss you off. But um, so I'm, I'll get to the pissed off story in a second. Okay. Uh, wildlife re- rescuers in Britain said the search for a bird believed to be trapped inside the wall of a home uh, when the cause of the sounds was uh, revealed to be a Harry Potter toy. Um, uh, Cleet Thorpe's wildlife rescue said, that's the most British thing I've said in a while, uh, in a Facebook post that uh, volunteers were dispatched um, when a Northeast Lincolnshire, England resident reported bird sounds were coming from inside a wall at their home. And so they were like, they're confused by it. But as the rescuers are on their way there, the person called in again, said that the bird sounds that appeared to be coming from inside the wall was a children's toy that was stuck in a couch. So, um, I like that they called, um, like actual people because they heard bird sounds. Um, and then after, the, after that happened, here's the quote. Well, at least it wasn't a real bird and we were able to move on to the next rescue. The post said, cause <laughs> there was a toy stuck, um, in a, a couch that was so, all right. So this was like, I, where I go find my weird stories, the, this story and the, the other story I'm going to mention here were side by side. Um, and they're connected. You'll find out why. Here's the next one real quick. A suspected human hand in Florida canal was a mannequin limb. 
So <laughs> uh, sheriff's deputies summoned to a canal and a report of a suspected human handling in the water were able to recover the object and discovered it once belonged to a mannequin. Uh, Lee County Sheriff's Office said that de- deputies responded with some anglers and, and Matt Latcha uh, reported spotting what appeared to be a human hand at the bottom of a three-foot deep canal. Um, so they the people showed up, they observed the object, making attempts to retrieve it from the dock, which I wish I could see the efforts that went in, like, what was it like? One of them walked into the three foot deep canal and grabbed it, or did they take like a big net or did they take a stick to poke it? I don't know. Um, so they, 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 um, they were able to get the hand, like the thing out of the water. Right. And then they realized it's a mannequin hand. And here's the, here's the quote at the end. We are ready for every matter at hand. The police department said, so they rescued a mannequin hand, because I like the idea that the locals are like, that's a dead body, meaning they weren't phased by the fact that there could be dead bodies at the bottom of a three foot canal. So, all right. So there was a toy stuck in the, uh, in a, in a, a sofa that sounded like a bird. Uh, there was a hand that was not a hand. It was a mannequin hand. So those are back to back, uh, react to that. People were silly. Uh, well, what I, what it made me think of is, is that, uh, Joan McHale has a new show on Fox. Uh, it's called animal control. Yeah. You mentioned uh, you that, the, you mentioned that four months ago when we last recorded before the internet went up, which did you I said really? you like, okay. yeah, but you did like it. It just, I've not, you know, I've not seen it yet, but you mentioned it previously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a show that again, I feel like it's got to get past its first season to become probably something really great. Like I can see the seeds there. And it's enjoyable now, but I feel like once it builds its cast and, and gets to a place where the stories can be a little bit more free flowing, mm-hmm. I think that it'll be a great show. Uh, but uh, there's an episode in which they have to go out and investigate uh, a suspected, I think it's a lion on the loose, and it turns out it's a stuffed lion that's in <laughs> somebody's shrubs. Uh, oh, there was a story I found uh, during when I was looking for this where people like said that there was a leopard that got hit by a car, and it turned out to be like a coat that um like somebody like like it was like a rich lady's coat that got run over by a car. <laughs> like so that sounds like the same thing. Like what you're describing to me sounds like a spiritual sequel to Parks and Rec that I'm hoping will pick up, like in terms of like storytelling. Yeah, there's it's a little bit more traditional in that nobody like turns to the camera and and uh, you know gives commentary, if you will. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I quite enjoy it. So I guess that's my weird uh, recommendation: uh, give Animal Control a, a shot or okay. don't. What do I know? So when I'm also like, if you hear weird bird noises coming from your couch, maybe look for a toy that you probably bought for your kid first. Um, you know, well, I, I'm trying to not take this into a weird direction where like we go on for another like 45 minutes. Uh, but you know, I have, I'm worse. I'm Mr. Worst case scenario. So I automatically, like I literally at one point thought the dog ate our remote control and it was like, <laughs> it was, I thought the remote control was actually in the dog's stomach. But, please, please. Controlling but, the TV. But, yeah, I was going to say, when the dog would bark, did it change the channels? Like, like, please, I know that's not a real thing, but it'd been great. But, like, I want to watch sci-fi. Bark, bark, bark. You know, it's like, oh, it's Animal Planet. Like, why would you keep doing that? You know, like. It just kept <clears throat> stopping when our dog would move. And I'm like, if you can't find the remote, this is bad. 
And then I'm also, like, I'm like, pretty sure that she swallowed the remote. Oh, and did you did you like you know like like pat her on the back, and then all of a sudden the TV turned on and off? Like was <laughs> <the> thing. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is is that uh, you know reporting a, a strange sound and not thinking to uh, check the couch cushions, couch cushions or other places. Uh, uh, is on track for me. So I haven't gone so far as to have to call in authorities to, to help us. But uh, yeah, I was absolutely convinced that the dog had somehow swallowed the remote. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so much so that I was like squeezing her ribs and like trying to find like, you know, her belly and Aww. make sure that like I couldn't feel like, you know, the, the and, and I should also say that this is a Apple remote t- TV remote. So it's it's small and it's, I don't know, maybe five inches long. Mm. Um, and it, to me, it just seemed conceivable that the dog could swell. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, well, I, no, I'm like, that's, idiot, that's, that's, no, no, because dogs, well, pets eat the dumbest things. Right. So, like, I, I agree with that. But yeah. So then also, like, if you if you thought you saw a hand in a three foot canal, like maybe like, would you I don't know, would you go poke it with a stick to see if it was a mannequin hand or not? Um, I, maybe, I don't know. Like I, I certainly would probably be freaked out enough that, uh, I, I, I don't know. I might just be like, Oh my God, that's a hand. And I would stop altogether. Fair enough. All right. So here's the story. that's going to make you mad. Um, just because I think from a, you're kidding me standpoint, and you may have already seen this, um, uh, Buffalo wild wings sued by Chicago man, because their wings, their boneless wings are breast meat. So I don't, are you familiar with this story? I think this came out the last couple of days. No. All right. So um, the suit alleges that the practice is fraud and, com- and companies like Buffalo Wild Wings are duping customers by selling chicken wings that are, aren't in fact wings. Uh, A.M. Halim, um, I'm, I'm mispronouncing the name of the gentleman. I'm sorry. I apologize. Chicago filed the lawsuit against uh, BW3. That's, that's what I'm going to say. That's what we used to call back in the day. On Friday, saying he went to a BW3 in uh, Mount Prospect, Illinois, back in January and ordered, quote-unquote, boneless wings. That's the quotes put in the story here. Unbeknownst to the plaintiff and other consumers, the products are not wings at all, but instead slices of chicken breast meat deep-fried like wings, the lawsuit reads. Indeed, the products are more akin to and in composition to a chicken nugget rather than a chicken wing. What? <laughs> the Los Angeles lawyers who filed the lawsuit are seeking other consumers who have also eaten boneless wings at one of the chain's hundreds of locations across the nation. This is a clear-cut case of false advertising and should not be permitted as consumers should not be able to rely on should be able to rely on plain the plain meaning of a product's name and receive what they are promised. According to the lawsuit that was filed. I mean, <laughs> I don't even have the words. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know. I had a very bad experience at a BW3 uh, a couple months ago. And I guess uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, my apologies. Uh, and uh, sent a, a very uh, strongly worded uh, response to their review, if you will. Uh, and they did not reach out to me in any form uh, or way 
to try and rectify said matters. And uh, I won't go into it here, but I'll just say uh, that uh, one of the worst experiences I've had ever picking food up. Um, so that said, um, I was never mad enough to want to take them to court. And also, isn't it possible that he just got chicken nuggets accidentally or no, no, but like chicken tenders, no, like, no, like boneless wings. Like here they call them yeah. boneless wings. Right. Cause it's like, we know that there's no bones. It's chicken. That's like deep fried and, and battered the same way and covered it's in sauce assholes is basically what it is. You're well, getting yeah, the rest of the, no, but my point is, is that when you order boneless wings, do you ever question, are they actual wing meat? Have you ever been like, I don't know what part of the chicken this is. Like uh, I always assume it's just lips and assholes, even though <laughs> I guess it'd be beaks and assholes. So, <laughs> but my point is like, like I like like um, like my wife is always like, like oh, it's just chicken nuggets. I'm like, sure, I don't care. Can, like I don't want to. I don't want to have like as much as I'm okay with ordering wings. I'm like I don't need another step between me and eating chicken. Sometimes where it's like you people that eat wings, it's like yeah. You look like you murdered somebody. They're like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't need to pick through bones just to have chicken enter my mouth and eat it. I don't know. Like, I've never, like, I've never once questioned the validity of, like, if you're telling me, like, hey, uh, these boneless wings are not, like, actual wing meat, I'd be like, no shit. Bring me more. You know, like, I don't know. Like, it just, it frustrates me. So, like, so then, here, here you'll appreciate this. Uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings did not directly comment on the lawsuit when reached out by USA Today, but pointed out to a cheeky tweet that they sent out earlier. Here's the tweet. It's true. Our boneless wings are all white meat chicken. Our hamburgers contain no ham. Our buffalo wings are 0% buffalo. (laughs) Well, I think the other thing that I would say, uh, particularly in this regard, is just that, uh, you know, I... I like chicken wings, but I will not eat them in public. Uh, I am a messy eater. <laughs> like, like in private, like in like a closet with like no light. You're like, leave me be. To this. <laughs> no, but if I am Just... <laughs> if I am in public, then what I will end up doing is I'll end up uh, just. Uh, uh, getting the boneless because <laughs> regular wings are just too messy. And uh, you know, I know that they provide bibs and, and napkins and wet naps and, but I was just, you know, look, I don't need that extra layer of like, Hey, look at the fat guy really going to town on those, <laughs> those uh, chicken wings over there. Look at him go. I don't know why. I don't know why that I think that your, your wing experience, like bone in wings is similar to the prom scene in Carrie. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know why. <laughs> Not that far off, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, sure. Uh, I, I, I've never, I've never considered what might actually be there, uh, in my chicken wings, but also, uh, I always just assumed it was probably whatever was left over of, of the yeah, Did you ever, did you ever go to Burger King and be like, listen, I want your chicken fries. They better be mostly fry. <laughs> so you know kathy uh, she loves cheese like it's the to a disturbing extent sometimes i'm like whoa like i like cheese too but come on let's oh, let's let's 
Let's slow our roll, but uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's, she won't let, listen to this. Let's so slow the, the cheese wheel here. Let's just do yeah. it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I read something that, like, I don't know, 20% of Parmesan cheese is, like, wood shavings or something like that. And, like, for, like, a long time, she wouldn't get them just because she's, like, or or I guess it was maybe, like, an Aldi brand or something that wasn't, like, craft, if you will. But, like, it completely stopped her from doing that. And I'm, like, I, I would have never uh, even thought to question. Like, I think I think the only comparison I can make is is that I believe at one point wasn't there, like, hey, you know, Taco Bell's taco meat is, like, 20% uh, oh, uh what was it? It was like, it was something that was definitely not meat. It was like, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if it was 20%, but there was a percentage of like quite like, it's like the same thing with subway with like their flatbread. It's like their part of their material, their flatbread was the same thing. It was using yoga mats. I'm like, well, that won't stop me from eating flatbread. I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess the know. point that I'm trying to make is, is that, uh, for me personally, um, I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, I've eaten enough McDonald's in my life to know that, it's not good enough for it's not good for me or whatever's in there probably isn't good for me anyway. So that's kind of where I stand on that. I just think it, I think I just think it's one of those things. It's like somebody's just trying to cash in to get like, like a gift card from, uh, you know, Buffalo wild wings where it's like, Oh, your, your, your boneless wings aren't wings. It's like, so, um, so in the freezer aisle, when you go to look at all the pizza options, there's something that the Giorno does where it's like pizza and wings, but they call it like W I N G Z. Cause it's like, well, they, that's just yeah. hipping it up, man. For the kids. It's like, you want wings or you want wings. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, they, they, it's the whole thing is like, they, they know that they can't call it a wing because it's not a wing. So they just change the spelling of it. It's, it's what it is. That's all it is. Like, it's like, all right, well, we can't technically call this food. So, uh, put a Z on the end. It's almost pizza is what it is. (laughs) But my whole thing is like, I don't think that I've been duped by ordering boneless wings. You know, (laughs) you know what it's like? I'm just like, how dare you? Like, I need to see, I need to see people back there. Like, you know, going through the wings and just like, peeling off the meat except I don't just whatever. Like I'm not the social contract between me and BW three has not been broken. Cause I like, I get it. It's fine. Like, Oh, you know, like, 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 like here, what is a corn dog? Is there corn? Is there dog? Like, I'm not going to go suing, you know, like one that just sounds like you're making a Seinfeld bit. (laughs) Well, it's with corn dogs. It's not corn. Corn, It's it's not not dog. dog. Um, Yeah. You know, I, I guess an elephant ear is neither an elephant nor an ear, you know, like, <laughs> you know, unless I'm running into a situation similar to, say, uh, the hitchhiker where I find a finger in my food. I, I'm pretty sure that like anything that I find in my food from McDonald's, Burger King, uh, Wendy's, Subway, Arby's, any fast food chain, uh, I'm just going to assume that like. It's part of the course. Well, what like, I like that you chose the hitchhiker versus uh, the first naked gun film where there's a finger in the food. Cause that like you get to the, <laughs> you get to the ballpark, right? There's the finger that's in the hot dog bun with the ring on it. Um, yeah. And also too, that you call it Arby's where it's like, yeah, you have the meats. Are those real meats? 
Like, I, cause we all understand that their roast beef is a liquid that's on a press, right? Like, like I like, I, I don't know if you saw that, uh, that Saturday Night Live skit oh, earlier this it was, year. No, no, it was, it was 75% great. It just, it just didn't land the ending, but I love like how they're talking about like, that doesn't make any sense. How many meats you can get or whatever. Yeah. If a pound of roast beef is $11. How am I getting five pound yes. Barbie sandwiches for five dollars? Don't question sense. it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, in terms of um, the wing divide for you, like I'm okay with wings. It's just like bone and wings. I place and time, like you know. But like, if I, I sometimes it's like I don't want to work so hard for food. You know, I'm just like you and I, like we're, you know, we're in our forties. We've uh, made bad decisions, but we are also like, you know what? I don't need additional steps between me and eating a protein, you know, like, so when I order boneless wings and quotes, I know what I'm getting. I'm not going to go yelling at the, like, like I get it. I get it. I'm paying for convenience. I'm not paying for wing meat because you're going to give me a bunch of like uh flats versus drumsticks. Some people prefer flats. Okay, that's yes. that's something I don't get is people who prefer flats. No. Like this no, no. Like like right drums, right? Drums Absolutely. are the way to go. Yeah, no, drums all the way cuz <laughs> you, you don't get as much meat. You yes, just don't. Yes, I agree. Like like the only thing I would say that there's um there's a local uh restaurant chain here in the Cleveland area, uh, Fatheads that they do smokehouse wings, which is like the whole wing is like together with the flat and the drum together. And they're monstrous. Like that's like, you know what? You get what you pay for there. But like, I feel like drums rob you of meat. That's what I'm saying. Like that's my, hot well, take. also it's usually between two pieces of bones. So you got to work even harder to get. Yeah, it, and, so. you, and then you do some weird tongue action that is not appropriate in, in public. I don't know. It depends on where you're eating it. <laughs> Like you got to make direct eye contact the entire time. Anyway, so all right, this lawsuit's stupid, um, and it's like it's like oh, I don't know. McDonald's chicken nuggets aren't chicken. Well, kinda. Like you know, technically, it's almost pizza. You know. Anyway, so I just thought the fact that somebody's actually bringing a lawsuit against BW three, it's like calm down. It's like also the the, the bigger lawsuit should be like what's Weck? You guys used to do burgers, wings, and Weck. What the hell is Weck? You know, that's what they used to be called. I don't know if you, if you knew that was what was called for the BW. Yeah, I did. I, I just, I didn't know. Um, I, I still don't know what Weck technically is. No, and I'm I sure have no idea. Have ex- yeah. Explained it to me as well, and I'm yeah. just like, I don't know what that means. Uh, and also, I hear I want to date myself. Uh, back in the day, when I was in my 20s, we would go for uh, Tuesday night 20 cent wings, and it's like that doesn't happen anymore. Right, like no, I, no, oh. yeah. There was you could, you're lucky you could, if you get ten wings for ten bucks. No, you could put down five dollars and be like, "I'm living the high life." What are the poor people doing tonight? You know. Anyway, so <laughs> 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 what what is your go to uh, uh, sauce for wings? Oh, it's barbecue all the time. Like it's uh, there's not even a contest. It's it's barbecue. Like like mild or like sweet or what? Where are we at with them? I'm anyway. I'm fine with mild and sweet. You know, I don't like the spicier uh, stuff. I mean, I, I will on occasion, um, but uh, I've run into some digestive issues in the last uh, couple of months here. 
So my my threshold for how spicy things can get seems to have come down a little bit. But, you know, I, just a basic, normal, like, sweet barbecue sauce um, or something that's in, a, a, akin to, like, a sweet baby's ra- sweet baby rays. Yeah, like, and I know well, that they what make about, different. like, a teriyaki or, like, a garlic parm? Uh, I, I like those as well, but my go-to is always going to be barbecue sauce. Fair enough. All right, so there we go, everybody. We got our our um, hot takes on hot on hot wings. I don't know. Anyway, I prefer boneless because I'm a lazy son of a bitch, and I'm not going to go suing people because I know it's not actual wings. My God, calm down. Like like I I have in my freezer right now. I have um, some like uh, chicken nuggets in my freezer because I'm a five year old, but they're dinosaur shaped. I'm not going to go suing the company and be like these aren't dinosaurs. I think you should. Sounds like you're uh, really <laughs> onto something there. I just feel like, feel like, you know what? Life finds a way, and this lawsuit does too. You know, like these are like I these these chicken nuggets have been misrepresented because they're not dinosaurs. You know, anyway, they're not romping, stomping dinosaurs. Anyway, that's fair. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, we talked about some news. We 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 you know. Here we go. Are we ready? Like surprising Steve, are we ready to talk about uh, Scream Six? Sure. Here we go. And now for our feature presentation. All right, our discussion this evening is about uh, Scream Six. I'm going to throw one of these out here right now. Do you know why they are called spoilers? Because I'm going to have a hard time talking about the sixth film in the franchise. Um, without spoiling it. And I know Steve kind of gave his hot take, which I kind of align with. We'll get there when we get there. Um, but Steve had already set up to do a bunch of things with the original scream. Um, and you also, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to throw some scream questions at me here because you are a professional and I actually came prepared and did not expect for me to kick the legs out from under you and say, Oh, not the first movie, but the sixth one. Yes. Yes. I have very important questions to ask. So uh, if we're if we're keeping in line with that, let me uh, let me first just ask, uh, what's your ranking? Uh, taking this out of the equation, the sixth one, because we're going to talk about it. One through five. How do you rank the series? All right. Well, one is tops, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then I would probably, oh man, probably go four because they actually remix it a little bit, and then two, and then three. Okay. And then it's oh, five. Shit. shit, five. I forgot to put five in there. Sorry, it'd be one, uh, four, five, and then two and three. Okay. Uh, we're pretty close then, because uh, my favorite, obviously, is the original screen. Uh, four is my number two, uh, which I saw that movie in the theater opening weekend, and people did not care for it. And it's a movie that I think people are appreciating now. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of the YouTube being YouTube famous didn't click with people back then. Oh, being being an influencer has only grown in popularity, right? It's the reach of being, being internet famous has been bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really loved four. Uh, and so I was, I was one of those people who was like, just like, I don't understand why everybody seems to hate four. It's one of my favorites. Uh, after that is two, two, uh, is great up until we get to the reveal. Um, <laughs> is that a trend that's going to happen with these movies? Because that might yeah. be that might be um, that you know that might be the Achilles tendon for most of these films. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I like uh, five quite a bit. Uh, I thought it was a nice uh, 
way of introducing new characters into the series and then uh, also doing the legacy thing, the requel thing, uh, which a lot of that movie makes out of it. And I, I do think it's funny that uh, I think I think they say that it's the Knives Out guy who's directing the yeah. most recent stab. Yeah. No, because in five, it's like him and, with a flamethrower. Yeah, in five they mentioned that Ryan Jot's supposedly directing the most recent stab, and then there's yeah. a brief bit where you see the ghost face mask being like chrome, and then it's like a bro with a flamethrower, which <laughs> I know, which we know is like like there, there there's two levels there. One, Ryan Johnson would never like do that that way. Then he also said he would never direct a horror film. Like so, I think there's a lot of I think there's there's also there was a bit I was reading the trivia that they almost they almost got him in to do a brief segment of him um, interviewing Kirby and five, oh, okay. which if they would have landed Ryan Johnson to like talk to, um, Oh, I, I always mess up her name. We are going to talk about her more in a second. Um, it is, um, Oh, Panitari? yes. Hayden Panitari. Cause like, I didn't even catch that she was a reference in the fifth movie. But it would have been really great if they got him in to interview her. That would have been like a chef's kiss moment of like, you know, F you type of moment. It would have been wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I quite like uh, four. I quite like five. Uh, and then at the end of the rope is three. Um, and I don't know where I'm going to place this one because it's too early. But uh, no, three is the weakest. You know, but but the weakest. But six has some DNA from three. We'll get there when we get there. Like like I mean. Literally, I think and three has more DNA from two, but we'll yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, since I, I did make this handy dandy, uh, you know, questionnaire uh, Please. game, yes. if you will, uh, I'll just kick us off with our first scream question of the night. So, uh, and again, I tried to be clever about this and not pick the most obvious things. But so you uh, put more thought into this than Cocaine Bear. So thank well, you. No, Continue. I'm just. You know, <laughs> So our, our first That's question this evening, actor Joseph Whip plays Sheriff Burke in the first Scream film. He also played a police officer in what other horror franchise? Is it A, Child's Play, B, The Dentist, C, Nightmare on Elm Street, or D, The Exorcist? I'm going to say Nightmare on Elm Street because it's Wes Craven. That is correct. Yeah, he he's oddly enough kind of the well, he's not exactly Deputy Dewey in that movie, but like he's John Saxon's sort of right hand man okay. uh, on the police force. So uh, it's just it's funny to me that he's in both of those movies in a, in a cop role. So, well, Craven Craven knows what he was doing, right? So, and I also forgot briefly. I should mention I forgot that Craven directed the first four. Like meaning that I know he was associated with the franchise, and I know Kevin Williamson didn't write all the scripts other than the first and the fourth, right? If I recall, or did he write the second one? But either way, like, like so. Yeah. If I remember correctly, two is under the gun. So what happens with two is is that the script get the, the script gets uh, leaked before shooting starts. Yes, and they suddenly have to change the ending. Um, and there's a great documentary. Uh, I think I posted both. You, you on, did post, yeah, yeah. You did post on social there's, media. There's one that uh, covers all three movies. I think that's called, or the first three movies. It's called Still Screaming, and I think it was put out when four came out. But what was interesting is, is that there's a clip of of uh, of West Carp or West Carpenter. God damn it, I did it again. <laughs> West Craven. This movie's gotten in my head too much. West Craven 
uh, is talking about just how miserable that made all of their lives. The fact that he's like, I know that y'all thought it was funny back then, but you made a lot of people's uh, lives misery uh, by yeah. downloading that script. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was a lot of scrambling that happened with two. I think he might have actually moved on to maybe even writing the new Halloween at that point, which would have been, which would become H2O mm-hmm. or maybe he was already working on, um, Oh, I always know what you did last summer. I yeah, no, I know what you did last his. summer, right? He wrote the screenplay for that too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That. So yeah, I don't know if they had his full availability for two or not, but, uh, I feel like his, his schedule became really crazy and rampant after screen happened. So, I don't know that he's been involved to the extent that he was with the first one after the first one. Well, because he, you know, he wrote the screenplay for four. I know that. Like when they came back, like after, right? Because that was supposed to be like the film that shouldn't exist, right? Was Scream 4, right? I, I know Williamson wrote that. But anyway, continue. Like, so I don't know if you have another question or we can kind of, because you're oh, going oh. you're to you're ask me a question about me running through the franchise recently, right? So. Well, you know, I just I wanted to take your temperature before we started the, the, the Scream Six talk, and I did not want my quiz to go uh, uh, unused. I unused. appreciate. <laughs> so I'll pepper yeah, it in I, as can, we go. Can, I hope people appreciate that. Like Steve's like, oh, I made a bunch of games for like the last couple of weeks, and one of them is a Scream quiz. I'm like, oh, you have no idea what I'm about to do to you. I'm like, I just like, <laughs> <laughs> but I also know that you would appreciate that I put the time in to like catch up. Right. I knew you would, I knew you'd appreciate that. So, but I also like, I don't know, like I wanted to kind of catch you off guard with the most recent movie, which I think is more like, cause the, the original film is 27 years ago. Right. And like, my God, like we've gotten six films over almost 30 years. So, um, we'll get into the more, more into the, the, the details in a second, like the, the, you know, the, the nitty gritty. Um, this is weirdly consistent for what it is. I'm not saying good, bad, or otherwise, but it's like very consistent, um, which is not the same for most franchises that get to the sixth installment. So that's one of my big takeaways from this so far. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think I, maybe it was the Friday the 13th discussion, and it may have been the discussion that you had with El Goro because you were on uh, for a couple of episodes back in October. Uh, but for me, um, you know, when I look at this, uh, I think of it in the same way of even though three is my least favorite, the series on a whole is pretty watchable. There's n- there's not one of them where I'm like, Ugh. I mean, no, maybe it, three is as close as I come to that. But no, like, but three is still Friday, fun. Like I, I, I'm cutting you off. I apologize. I no, was watching okay. I was watching three over the weekend. And I, I had finished two. I was watching three. Um, and, and my wife, Mary, came down while I was watching three. She didn't even, like, also, you'll appreciate this. Like, she asked, she's like, what's the deal with Sydney's mom? I'm like, oh, God. Like, what's going on? I got to explain this. I'm like, one person slept with a bunch of people that's now caused, call, like, 200 people to die. You know, like, I don't know how to explain. Like, one cheating wife has caused so much devastation it's like, it's weird, but we're watching three and she was laughing at things with uh, Parker Posey being like uh, cast as Gail Weathers, like Parker, mm-hmm. po- like, like I, I'm almost sad that she didn't make it out of that movie. Cause I would have loved to have her further on. Like, I love all that. I love like the, 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 the so the big thing that runs through all six of these movies is the meta 
commentary, right? And you keep doubling down, doubling down, and doubling down. And three isn't great because how they shoehorn in, it's like, it feels like a very comic book thing. And like, but what about this thing going on? It's like, nobody ever asked for this. So do you know what the original idea was yes. for three? It was supposed and to be, didn't... yeah. And it was supposed to be Stu coming back, right? Like it was supposed to be, yeah. um, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Which I'll say yeah. if any of the movies Stu should have made a return and spoilers guys, it should have been this one based yes. on what we get in this movie. If this movie would have been, and I'm jumping right into the meat of, of six, but if, if six would have been the return of Stu based on just watching guys, the trailers, you would go, oh, that makes sense. Watching the movie, it makes even more sense. Yeah, because I've been like, I'm finishing my masterpiece. Like, that yeah. would have been way better, right? I agree with that. But, like, you know, like the whole, like, just, yeah, I just, what, that was supposed to be the ending of three. Um, it didn't happen, you know, like, but is you it. You know, Matthew, Matthew Lillard got paid not to be in that movie. I did not know that. There yeah, he had a, uh, basically, he's like, I didn't get a ton of money, but, like, I had a deal. And uh, they decided not to use me, and I still got paid for not being in it. Yeah, well, what do they call that? Um, pay or play. Pay or play, right? So he got, yeah. It's just that would have been that would have been more satisfying. I agree. Um, so, but so three is the weakest, right? By far, but it's still fun. Like, because like the one thing that runs through all these movies, and we'll get to six in a second. I apologize to everybody because I'm going to run. We're going through like what thirty years of movies, and then like six of them in full. Um, the meta commentary, which set. <laughs> It set a interesting standard in 97 of like, oh, we can acknowledge how these movies work, but somehow the rules that have been explained through every single screen movie still apply. And as much as it might be frustrating, I think this is the only franchise that can get away with acknowledging the rules of the franchise. Sorry, the rules of each movie, right? Because if any other franchise tried to do it, It'd be bullshit, right? Outside of uh, Behind the Mask, that movie's a lot of fun, where they take the piss out of um, everything going on with the, like a killer. Like, uh, sorry, you're about to say something. Yeah, no, I, I apologize. I, I uh, you caught me mid thought as you were like you were going to say something. Yeah. Uh, I have a little bit of a hard time with the term meta commentary because I feel like people just loosely apply that to everything these days. What the first scream did was that it was smart about its material and that got translated into being meta. It's the well, same it, thing that new nightmare does. No, no, and no. It's, it's deconstructing. It's, it's blanket is, is, is that statement. what you're saying? Deconstructing. But I'm saying that like something like behind the mask is also deconstructing and meta, maybe meta is like, you know, maybe that's the catch all now. Like, but um, it's knowingly ironic like on purpose. And I don't think another franchise can really get away with this. That's all. That's what I'm saying. Cause I was watching all of these back to back to back to back. Cause I'm a glutton. And each time you watch one, they're building upon what came before, but they're being like knowingly acknowledging what came before. But I'm like, that's not how humans talk. But if you're already like four movies into scream, you know the conversations that these people are having. This is not real life. This is a film. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, sorry, go ahead, please. No, I just, I was going to say in defense of that, I don't know that I ever get that feeling in the first frame. I never, never, never That's fair. question anybody being smarter than the serial killers or 
Randy's rules. Like Randy, the way he presents him, he's drunk. Okay, well, he he presents him at different times. But like the scene in the video store in the original is great, where you know he's breaking it down and he's like, if they watch prom night, they'd save time. <laughs> and like then he goes into uh, a litany of other films. But then you know there's that great scene where he's like, you don't know the rules, and he gets up and he explains the rules. That stuff is just it's it's Tarantino esque in the sense that like Tarantino's the guy who's seen everything and is is you know always smarter than the material, if you will. Like mm-hmm. it's it's putting those types of people within the film, and I think I I you know I I don't know I I don't want to turn this into a discussion of the first one. Because that's what we were initially going to talk about. But I, yeah, just, I think cause, that because I screwed it up. So. No, no, no. It, it's just that you know, I, I, I think in this one it actually becomes a little bit of a detriment because we get that scene, and it's like somebody should be pointing out the irony that they're going through the scene at all. Mm-hmm. Because in each of the movies, at least, you know, all right, let me go through. Okay, so the first one, it's Randy breaking down the rules. Second one is Randy like having the discussion about why a sequel can't uh, outdo uh, a second one or the first one. And, you know, if they, they are doing a second one, here's what would be needed. And then breaking that down. The third one, he's back from the dead by, by a videotape where he's like, this is how a trilogy works. The third one, or I'm sorry, the fourth let, one. Let is, me back away. Let me back off for a second. How somehow his sister flies out to Hollywood and has her own trailer during the, the production of stab, 18 or whatever it is. <laughs> I love it. It's like, oh, I came out here from uh, Woodsboro. I got to show this tape that my brother made. That's very confusing. It's just like, hey, everybody, I'm back out here with the VHS. And anyway, it's just, it's very, it, that doesn't age well where it's like, oh, hi, sister. Like the fact that she showed up, but also was like, like welcomed onto the stab set is weird. I'll just put it that way. It's a weird hand wavy moment, but it doesn't make any sense. But continue, please. Yeah, um, so with four, uh, the two killers, Jill and I think it's Charlie, uh, there's a scene earlier in the film where Charlie and his buddy are kind of breaking down for their film class, like what a new scream or stab would be, um, and using those rules from the stab movies as their basis and the fact that we were also in the middle of remake fever at that time, particularly with horror films. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of smart stuff in that movie just about uh, originals versus remakes and, you know, why that film is what it is. And I don't want to turn this into a discussion about four, so I'm trying to get through it quickly. When we get to five, there's a gigantic discussion about what a requel is and why the people who are in five who are in danger are the people who are in danger because they're all somehow tangentially related to the original Scream killers, Billy and Stu, or uh, victims of Billy and Stu. And then we get to this one, and it's like, all right, we're the survivors, and these are the legacy characters, and this is a. It, it gets a little too much where like somebody should be like, do should we even be like talking about this? I feel like there should have been a scene where they called out like, this feels a little too much. Like mm-hmm. even in five, there's a, a scene at the beginning of the film with Jenny Ortega having the, the the very famous opening scene where you're talking to the killer and she doesn't know who it is. And she uses the word underpinning to describe the 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 Babadook, or in her description of the Babadook. And I'm like, oh, that's that's smart, but nobody uses that phrase. <laughs> nobody who isn't a reviewer uses that phrase. Yeah. So 
your your whole um, argument that you gave earlier, where you're like, I, people don't talk like that. I feel like that's very much uh, not true of the original Scream, but by the time we get to five, it's trying to work that in and make it sound like a letterbox review. Um, and I think it hurts it a little bit. So uh, in this, it's it's, you know, well, we're the survivors of the requel. What the hell does that mean for us? And it gets a little convoluted in their discussion. Um, and I no, guess that's no, good or yeah. bad. So let, yeah, let, let's get into that. So uh, with that acknowledgement, like, oh, five's going to be. So the five is the first film that was not directed by um, Craven because obviously he passed too early. We, we that, That's frustrating and sad. But it's directed by two guys. It's um, Matt Benatelli Open and Tyler Gillett, they're they're like they're part of a collective called Radio Silence that did some things from VHS, the VHS films, and also I did not know that they directed Ready or Not, which I need to still watch. I've heard nothing but good things about that. But like, so they understood. I'll say this as a positive: they get it. They really do. And they're in the the the, um, the screenwriters for this, uh, James Vanderbilt and uh, Guy Busick, like as much as we're going to talk about some of the things about like six that are frustrating. Um, I don't think that six betrays the other four movies that were directed by Craven, like meaning as ridiculous as, as the reveals are, you could tell that like they love what came before and that they're walking the line between um, like reverence and going their own direction. So Regardless of how I land on five and six, um, I feel like if Craven could watch these, he would give a thumbs up, right? Like I think, I think he would be okay with what was coming because he leaned in hard with the writers that would be about the meta commentary about like, it just, I don't know about you. Like, I know you write a comic about a slasher that has, uh, he goes out on Saturday nights, has his own reasons, um, and there's some meta commentary there. Um, this is a very unique franchise, but I think the, the, the powers that be picked up the baton and ran with it um, for good and for bad. I don't think they betray the promise of what Scream is. Um, however, I feel about it. It's just, I just like, can you, can you think of a more consistent franchise through six, uh, six chapters, right? Other than child's play has been like, you know, the same people. Right, like you go six six chapters in thirty years uh, you know, later. Where's a where is a more consistent franchise in terms of how they do things, good, bad, otherwise? I don't know. Okay, so what I was going to say earlier was is that the way I look at screen movies is how either yourself or El Goro I think said about the Friday Thirteenth movies, where it's just like. At this point, I'll watch any of them. Like uh, they're, yeah. I'll sit down and have a good time with all of them. And I feel like that's applying to Scream, but I think that that Scream is because I, I don't want to say it's it's that it's oh it's it's done better, but like it's you know the first eight Friday Thirteenth movies were made over like nine years, so you know it's it's very tough to compare you know apples and oranges, and yes. Uh, when it comes to like child's play, that's not a bad analogy in that. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the gentleman's name. Um, who's been a, a piece of it since the beginning. Um, 
and he's even running the 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 uh, Chucky TV show. Um, and I, it's killing me that I can't remember his name, and I apologize. I'll, I'll uh, find to, it. Continue talking. I'll figure it out. So, but uh, you know, my question is not with the overall quality of this series. Um, so I, I don't want it to be uh, Don Mancini, who's been Don Mancini. Yeah. Thank you. I wanted to say Henry Manfredini, but that's the composer on Friday Thirteenth. Um, so I don't want it to be phrased as we go into six as like. Oh well, you know, and I asked the question, so maybe that's my my fault for bringing up like, well, what's your favorites of, you know, how the series lays out? I don't want to make it sound like you know one of them is vastly inferior to the others. I would argue that probably three might be, um, but going into this, you know, the film itself is quite well done. Um, and maybe we should give a little bit of backstory on five. So let me let me just bring you guys up to speed. So at the end of four, the killer is revealed to be, you know, um, Sydney's niece and her friend. And there's a great line. It's, it's actually one of the best lines, I think, of any of the movies ending uh, the films, uh, which is don't F with the original. Mm-hmm. Love that line. When we pick up in Scream 5... Uh, we're we're following new characters. Uh, we're not introduced to Sydney until probably close to at least a, a third or maybe even a halfway through the film. Mm-hmm. I don't think Gail makes her appearance until we meet meet up with Dewey. I think he's the first one that we actually see again in Screen Five. But Screen Five basically were brought into the film uh, by the attempted. Stabbing. That's the other thing is, is that this isn't, this isn't like the first scream in that like uh, Drew Barrymore's character doesn't make it. Like Jenny Ortega is, is uh, playing, and I'm pulling her character name up now. Her character name is Tara Carpenter. Tara Carpenter. Um, she's attacked in the first scene, the opening scene of Scream Five, but she survives. Um, and as we run into Scream Five, we are introduced into to her sister Sam, uh, her uh, her boyfriend um, Richie, uh, who's played by the gentleman from The Boys, who for whatever reason is not pulling up for me. Um, oh, because I'm looking at Scream Six. That's why. Um, I'm like, where? Why isn't he listed here? Um, he's he's Dennis Quaid's son, right? Randy yeah. Quaid? No. Not Randy Quaid. Jack Quaid, right? Jack Quaid. Yeah. Randy Quaid, definitely a different Quaid. Um, <laughs> I I appreciate that Jack Quaid is not the direct offspring of uh, <laughs> Randy Quaid because he would be bonkers, uh, uh, silly boy, right? So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, Tara is attacked. Uh, Sam, who is her sister, played by uh, Melissa Barrera, gets a call that, the attack has happened and that she's in critical condition. She says to her boyfriend, like, I've got to go back to Woodsboro. And I left under not great circumstances. And we get the impression that Sam has had some rough shit happen in her life. Uh, at that point, then we are introduced to, uh, what will become the core four in this film. But, um, Mason Gooding is Chad Meeks Martin. Uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown is Mindy Meeks Martin. um, Oh, and I shouldn't have done that because I don't have five pulled up. I have six pulled up. 
Uh, but there is also no that makes the core about four. Uh, it's the Jenna sisters Ortega. and the twins, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then Chad Meek's girlfriend, who is also part of this at that time. Uh, what Sam does, and what I think is interesting, is is like once it becomes known that it's a ghost face style killing, she goes to Dewey, and her and her boyfriend Richie sit down and are like, you know, you got to help us. And Dewey's like, uh, this has caused me nothing but grief in my life. And I'm kind of a recluse and I'm no longer even a sheriff. So you guys can go to hell at which point he then reconsiders. Um, you know, because Dewey's the nicest guy in the world. And as much as he is a recluse drunk, like, like being stabbed 87 times and then watching Gail Weathers, like her morning show, like there, there is some sympathy there that you're just like, I understand why he's now like trying to be a dickhead, but then within three seconds, he's like, I'm back, which I kind of tell you that my favorite, my favorite line of these past two movies is whenever he's in the room full of all the young people and everyone's like, everyone's a suspect. And he's like, well, you're a suspect. And he's like, why? And he's like, well, the, the person that was named Wes was like, well, um, you got stabbed a lot. Uh, your wife left you and you found, you crawled your way into a bottle. And then, and then he was like, oh, maybe you're the murderer. And then Wes is like, why? So it's like that cut deep. <laughs> like that was my favorite, <laughs> my favorite line of the past two movies is the way Dave Arquette said that, like that made me just how it's like, he's like, oh, just that was mean. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah. And I, 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 I skipped over unfortunately uh dylan minette as uh wes hicks who is the daughter or the son of, of the sheriff of the sheriff now yeah and she's the deputy in four um which i even love the fact that in five they bring back her lemon squares which is a joke in four yes. like I, I i really uh like that attention to detail and i was i was really glad to see her return um because it's uh marley shelton is the uh the actress one, I like her as an actress, but also I like that character in four. And since she survives four, it only makes sense that she got to come back for this one. Yeah. So credit to the the powers that be that made the fifth and sixth movie that they they understood the consistency and the world building. Like you know, it's just you know the only the only thing I'll say here too is the the daughter. Sorry, the what the what's her name? Uh, Sam. Sam. Um, her, her like so. How do you feel? about her like the reveal that she is uh okay before yes. before you say it let, let's just get through five real quick so yes so okay so during the course of the film it's revealed that sam is actually the illegitimate father or illegitimate father jesus christ illegitimate daughter of billy loomis um and she is having visions um which i remember seeing it in the theater and being like wow that looks really good and then watching it <laughs> On home, uh, on home release, and going like, oh, they just put a lot of makeup on his face because, like, I think that the cast actually, for the most part, has aged pretty well. But Skeet Ulrich looks like somebody <laughs> locked him in a closet and he smokes cigarettes for like five years straight. Like, no, he doesn't he just age. He doesn't look like a twenty-something. Like, which I know he looked old for the like in Scream, but it's like, nah, nah. Like you try to de-age him, like not, not and I'm so not much. trying to shame him either. I don't mean to make it sound like, oh, you know, uh, he's not a, a still an attractive dude who, uh, you know, is a successful actor. I just mean that like 
Sydney still like Nev Campbell still looks like Nev Campbell in my yeah. opinion. Like, yeah, she doesn't uh, look like she's uh, uh, you know. Courtney Cox 17. looks like she took her lips and stretched them a little bit. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, but she's admitted she's admitted that like she kind of screwed up with like her plastic surgery. But she kind of looks like what was the one um, the one Next Generation movie? What was it? Um, Insurrection. She yeah. looks like one of those people that got like their skin stretched against their face. I feel so bad about that. But, but I, yeah. I've seen Matthew Lillard in interviews, and like he still looks pretty good. Like, uh, yeah. uh, and obviously he's not in this film. Uh, he's not in the film since three. But uh, um, Jamie Kennedy, who plays Randy, I think that he's just gotten chubbier. Like, I feel like if he probably lost a little bit of weight and just shaved his beard, well, he probably looked the same I, as he did. I think you could have found somebody that looks like Skeet Ulrich or the, like Gavin uh, Newsom from Bush. You could have found somebody. Yeah. But why, you know, why not? Like, I don't mind it here. Like, I don't, I don't mean to make it sound like it bothered me, but I just, I remember when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, well, you like, saw, you saw five in the theater, right? So I'm going to guess yeah. that. Yeah. That probably sat better because it was a bigger image and the projection was different. When I watched it like a couple days ago, I'm like, Oh, that doesn't look so good. I'm not mad about it. It's, it is what it is. Right. Like, but again, yeah. this isn't like them recreating a dead actor. Like I, I, I'm fine with them, you know, in whatever way that they have to de-age somebody like yeah, versus, Kurt Russell uh, being de-aged in Guardians 2 or Tony Stark being de-aged in, in uh, I think it's Civil War. Yeah. You know, but those, not, those but not, but not Grandma Tarkin, not Grandma Tarkin. That happens. Uh, oh, and, for God's sakes. I didn't want this to become that discussion. But yeah, like I, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm a hypocrite because I like Rogue One, but... I'm just saying that, like, this is Or even that Carrie situation. Fisher at the time. That didn't go so good at the time. Anyway. Yes. The point that I'm making is, yes. and it, we're, we're getting off track again, so. <laughs> Continue, please. She's having visions of Billy Loomis, and she's seeing Billy Loomis as, as he would have looked. You know, and maybe the way to go about that would have been, like, what if it was her, him playing her dad now? Like, That'd what would fine. that look like? You know, that could have been because another way to it, go. Because it's her own mental capacity, right? Because also, like, she was born... Super young, never got to actually. And I think everybody's see him. born super young, <laughs> except Benjamin Button. But like, let's be honest. So, no, what I'm saying is like when she was born, she didn't know her dad. She only knows the legend, right? So, like, if I don't know, like, if you would have had him still being like, "Hey, this is what I would have looked like if I didn't die being an asshole," like, either way, it works. Um, here, here's what I'll say about this from five moving into six. Um, you need to find a way to get back into this franchise. Um, I'm okay with it. You know, like I'm perfectly okay with it because by the time we get to the sixth, sorry, the fifth or, or sixth iteration, if you're not like kind of like, you know, flipping the table over and refreshing it, then we're done. You know? And the fact that like Sam um, is like, she is um, troubled that like she keeps seeing visions of her father. You know, at first I was a little off put by it, but I'm like, sure, why not? It's perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Like, where we're we gonna go with this? Were you taking? Were you taking Scream to space? No. Are we taking Scream to the hood? No. Are we taking Scream to Leprechaun level? No. Like, where are we at with this? It's perfectly fine. I and then like, the, but the whole thing is like with Skeet Ulrich's character being like. Somehow he's heroic. These last two films is weird to me. 
I don't see him as heroic. I think that survivalist. He, yeah, he makes he makes in the, the 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 most recent one he makes some some stances about you know claiming her her right. You know, I guess he probably does in five as well, but I don't think that's portrayed heroically in five. So let's let's just jump through five again. I, I we Christ we have I feel like this is. Worst Continue. episode ever, guys. So um, not the worst episode Madison, ever. It was it was our uh, Wayne's World two episode. That was our worst episode ever. All right. Well, fair. I guess every episode. Uh, I if you guys can find a good one, let me know. Well, um, all right, before we get into the other point, do you have another question for me from your spoon quiz? Oh well, that's a that's a good question. So, um, all right. So I of course you know when I'm crafting these, I always put together quizzes with the important questions so this one here which one of these brands of chips was not featured somewhere in the first screen <laughs> uh doritos tostitos cheetos or andy caps hot fries andy caps hot fries that is correct the other three appear uh quite a bit throughout the film i was watching it and i'm like jesus christ everybody's got potato chips in this movie or chips of some sort if you will so did you appreciate that cores became a major part of the sixth film yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I don't think we've seen cores be displayed <laughs> like that outside of the uh, opening of Cobra, where uh, uh, cores is prominently seen uh, yeah. when I was watching. Cobra I was, I was watching hand. six. I'm like, I gotta ask Steve about that cores beer being tossed as a distraction because you know you appreciate that. Anyway, yeah. So run through five, please. Yes. So just. And again, this is my fault because I didn't have five pulled up. I had six pulled up. No, I, I missed no, another no, main I, character. I have, by... I have um, completely kiboshed the entire conversation this evening. So, yes. So. Uh, I I am I, the true killer of the episode. You know that, right? So. That's, <laughs> I don't think you're killing it. I'm just. I, I just. I'm looking at the clock and realizing that uh, we haven't even gotten through five. And it's my fault because I took us on a. a I should have just no, it's let my you fault. Off and it's go. my fault uh, because I tricked you, and you do not know that I was about to make this a sixth discussion versus one. So continue, please. So uh, Mikey Madison, who is also one of the the friends of uh, Tara and uh, um, the, the twins, basically, um, she we we come to learn once we're introduced to to are reintroduced to both Gail and Sydney. And they're sort of on the case. There is a giant party going on, and uh, that party is happening, which we don't find out until uh, towards the very end of the film. But we find out that like uh, where Amber's living is the house that was owned by Stu Mocker's parents, where the original scream took place. Um, so things start to twist, and I, I really like that reveal in the film. It's good because the way it's shot, you're like, yeah, I can totally see that it's Stu's house but I didn't get it on the first viewing. Like until, until Sydney is like, look at the address. That's Stu Mocker's house. It was like, Oh my God, that's, a, that's, that's a great way to uh, pull this together. Um, so well, and that doesn't feel dissimilar to the way Craven would have showed a hero coming back to a location, right? Like that feels like it feels very Elm street to me. Like it feels very like dream warriors to me. We're walking back into the same location. I like that. I liked that reveal. Yeah, I just I like the fact that it wasn't something that was like, oh, we're clearly back in this house. It was we're we see it, and like once you're watching, if you once you do it a, a rewatch, you're like, oh yeah, I can totally see that. That's 
uh, Stu's house. But it's not, you know, it's not really something I think that you're cognizant of, or at least I wasn't uh, upon the first watch. Until I they, wasn't. They yeah. tell us. Yeah. Um, and again, we're all over the place with our summation of five. But uh, if I didn't mention it, uh, you know, Dewey does not make it out alive. Um, so Sam, who is the daughter of Billy Loomis, is trying to get her sister, who is not the daughter of, of Billy Loomis. She has a different father. Uh, they're reconnecting, and she's trying to get her out of the hospital. That's when sort of everything comes to a head, and we find out that the killers are actually uh, Sam's boyfriend, Jack Quaid, or Richie Kirsch is his name in the movie. That's the actor, uh, Jack Quaid. Uh, and her friend Mikey Madison, who is uh, living at Stu's house. Um, one, I, th- I think it's kind of funny because there's part of me that thinks that if a, a tragic murder, like on the level of Scream, happened where I grew up, everyone would know what that house was. Yeah. So it's it's a little weird that nobody was like, "Hey, you know, you could be the killer. You also live in one of the killer's houses." That's I'm willing to like set that aside, but it is something that occurred to me while watching it. But well, also like how the um the like there's these this um like cyclic um thing with the ghost face mask. You would think that like there would be a, a big deal about like not selling it again, like how it keeps like being part of like multiple like serial killer plots. Like in this day and age where it's like, yeah, you know what? We're good. The ghost face, like it's, it would be like, like if Michael Myers, the Michael Myers mask was part of like multiple slangs, we would never see a Michael Myers mask again. That seems confusing to me. Yeah. And you know, we need to get into six. All right, and as Steve said, we are getting to Scream 6. Uh, we, we had to, to pause uh, there for um, unforeseen circumstances, a.k.a. me. Um, you know, who'd have thought eating at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and then uh, drinking liquor and then talking for two hours would suddenly hit me like a freight train? And it did. So the real killer was me to me last night. So here we are, talking Scream 6. So, um, we talked about five, we talked about the franchise and some of the themes that went through and some of the things that work and how the series itself, like you, when I said, I kept saying the word meta and I know I, I realized in hindsight that that kind of bugged you cause it isn't what that really means, but I don't know how another way to identify how these, these movies keep building upon their rule sets, but this one, it, it builds again and I don't, we'll, we'll talk about the movie more in full. I just don't know how many more times you can compound that kind of formula. So the point that I was trying to make regarding the term meta was, is that, uh, you know, it didn't really exist before. That's not fair. I shouldn't say that it didn't exist before the first screen movie, but like it wasn't, it wasn't written with that intention. I believe it was written with the intention of, I'm going to write a horror movie that knows all the rules of, of horror uh, or horror movies, I should say. So, I, I if if it came across as like I'm like you can't say that. I, just, I what I meant was is that I think sometimes people easily throw a label on something and they just go they write it off and they're like, oh, it's it's either too meta for me or oh, well, you know, it's it's just meta and it's like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So that's 
That's all. And I, I certainly did not mean to bring our conversation to a dead hole oh, because no, of it. No, I just, no, no, you didn't. I did. I just, what I'm saying is like, I, I didn't, I understand your point and you weren't taking offense to it. It's just that your, your statements about the first movie being like, it was, um, you know, it was, it was baked in. It was part of the, like the movie itself, um, is that was part of the reason why it works really well is that it's like, it's openly calling itself out. But then after that, it's like, you know, you can only, you know, you could only have lightning in a bottle once. So then after that, like it's going to become more and more self-aware. Right. I think, and I think there's only a handful of movies that can do that well. And I think this franchise, you know, uh, you know, it's had some lean moments, but I think it does a pretty good job. I will say though, that I, you know, when you keep adding more observation and, and more, um, you know, uh, I don't know how to describe it. When you keep adding more like this, this movie in six, they they identify it's like oh this is no longer a requel it's a franchise and I'd be like well wouldn't it have been a franchise after the second set of murders you know anyway I you know I'm I'm being really dismissive of that but it's like how many how many films does it have to exist to become a franchise yeah and you know it's it gets to eat its cake uh, or what's the what's the phrase uh, have its cake and eat it too I guess yeah. a little bit in the sense that. You know, so much of their lore is now built upon the Stab movies, which is the fictionalized version of what really happened. So I don't mind it so much. Like I said, the the rules discussion in this one felt the most ham-fisted to me, and it just may be because we went through it in five, and I thought that they did a good job of establishing the rules, and it kind of feels like here it's just like, well, let's go through them again, but throw in caveats. And I understand it's the nature of a screen movie that you want to have that scene. Um, and like I said, you know, in, in five, I, I at times when people were speaking, it felt very much like it was being it was a review being written on Letterboxd. Uh, like I said, I don't think anybody uses the word underpinnings in real life, um, <laughs> you know, outside of like, you know, uh, English class. Or someplace where you might be uh, having a discussion about literature. Like I don't know that you see that very often. Uh, it would be like in the normal my world. dad when he'd read Reader's Digest, he would always try to use a word or two every so. I'm like, you don't know what that really means. Like he would try to sneak in some phrases sometimes. Like, Dad, you don't you, underpinnings really? Is that what you're going to say now? No. But uh, yeah. uh, so w- with that all being said, we're and we're kind of moving forward, and you know, we, we jumped ahead a lot last night too. Um, I do want to say that um, what this movie I thought did really well, it was the beginning, like the first, what, 10, 15 minutes. Of course, you always have that initial, like, you know, um, first victim. But whenever you have the character, you know, and also too setting it in New York where you're about around a bunch of people all the time. I think that's also interesting. But when you have um, the young lady was Samara Weaving, uh, end up getting killed in the alley. And then the guy takes off his mask and you're like, holy shit, it's Flash Thompson. Like, I was like, this is going to be a different kind of movie. And it is, but then it immediately kind of defaults back, right? But I was really, I was like, wow, we're actually going to see something different here. And then we did, and then we didn't. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed the opening, and I understand the need to break out of that. Um, uh, There's only so many ways that you could do that opening and keep it fresh and new. Uh, So... I didn't mind that. I, I actually, I think in just hearing you say that, that it, you know, it didn't go to new places and that it, you know, or that it, 
I mean, the way you're describing it, yes. the way that I'm taking it is, uh, it sounds like, boy, I I don't want to make this comparison, but it's 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 the common comparison or the common uh, complaint. I, I guess is the word that I'm looking for here. I don't know why I'm suddenly uh, searching for words, but it's it's a common complaint, you know, within franchises where people are like, well. It's just the same thing over and over again. And then once you do change something, they get mad. Yeah. You know, um, I was not expecting like a levelness of change. Say, for instance, like, you know, when you go from Friday the 13th Part 8 to um, Jason Goes to Hell, where it's a complete departure from everything else. You're like, wow, this is going into crazy places. Um, so... Uh, I understand the need for it to stay within its comfort zone, um, but I like that it took some chances. But I don't, I don't feel like the story suffered because of those things. I just wish some of the some of the plot would have. I don't want to say moved a little quicker because the movie is over two hours, but it doesn't. It moves it a good feel. clip. Yeah, it, it keeps going. Like it, does, there's really no downtime. I will say that. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's just, it built a very big story. That's unfortunately let down once the reveal happens of who the killers are, uh, at least in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But I, I, you know, I don't know, like would a copy, I mean, technically this is a copycat, so it's, it's not even like, Oh, it's not the original Ghostface, but like, would this be as effective if it was just like, Oh, everyone is now the killer where it's just like, any lunatic who's got a mask and, and a knife um, and there's no motive um, like would that, you know, would it, would it just be like if, if the movie had ended and they reveal the killer and like, you're like, we've never even met this person. Who is this? And like, it's suddenly flash Thompson and you're like, Oh, I thought he died in the beginning. Like, would that have been a diversion? Would that have been satisfying? I don't know, but I, I feel like there's certain, I almost said certain rules. Jesus Christ. But there are, well, certain structures yeah. that happen within a scream film that you have to follow. And I think you can only mess with them so much before it becomes something else. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I also want to point out that the movie that was playing in that apartment at the beginning was Friday 13th part eight, which I thought was funny. Those nice yeah. little nod. There's a lot of good nods in this too. Like, uh, I, um, I, I, I know I did not mention this last night, but, um, did you get a kick out of some of the costumes that you'd see during the various parties? Uh, like the different Halloween costumes, I, there was, oh yeah, there was yeah. one in particular. I those were yeah. ridiculously well thought out. I really liked. Uh, uh, I think you mentioned previously the the May Queen, but uh, you know, there's they made sure to have all the icons on the uh, subway at one point because I'm pretty sure we see Freddy, we see uh, Pinhead, I'm pretty sure we see Michael. I I'm pretty sure they're all in there somewhere. Um, but also, like like you said, you know, the odd nods to um, traditional, or I shouldn't say traditional, contemporary horror uh, was nice to see being well, interspersed. Yeah, in there. the one I popped for the most was the, in the frat party at the beginning, where it's the uh, Ethan, um, Jack Champion's character, dressed as the cardboard knight from Murder Party. That was that made me just so happy to see that. Oh, see, I didn't even catch that. I just thought he was dressed up as a shitty knight. I didn't even catch that it was a reference. Yeah, like because I mean the helmet doesn't like it. it it's completely the same helmet. 
And I was like, that's really funny. If you're like, if you, that's, that's, I wouldn't say like the deepest of cuts, but it's like, if you know, you know, and mm-hmm. I thought that was fun, but yeah, there's a lot. Like, I just, you could tell that the, the two guys that directed this, like they have a love of all of this. And I also like the fact that they set this movie around Halloween, which you would think that that's almost, that's almost like, well, why didn't we think of that before? But you, I can almost imagine the, the company, you know, like, um, Craven and company being like, well, if we set it during Halloween, we might be, you know, we might be stepping on our own. Like, what was it? We might be stepping into things that we don't need to get into, but setting mm-hmm. it around Halloween in a city, like changing the location and also the dates that no longer have to have anything to do with anniversaries of the, you know, of city Prescott. I, I like that. Um, changing it up. I also like, since like, you know, the, the, the proliferation of ghost face masks, especially the subway sequence people, if like, um, there is a sequence towards the end where the, the crew gets split up among two separate uh, subway trains and it's a really, really good prolonged sequence. Uh, and it, it makes you feel claustrophobic. And also at the same time of like, since you see like various ghost faces, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you, you just never know. Like it, I mean, it's a scary movie. That's what's supposed to do. But I was like that, that is the idea of even being on a subway for me in general with people outside of costumes would still be terrifying. I don't think I could handle it, but then knowing there's a guy with a knife, maybe that's even worse. <laughs> so what I'm understanding is, is public transportation is frightening to you. Well, not in, just, I don't know, man, I've never been to New York city and I, like, you know, but I, New York city. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, <laughs> Um, I mean, Homer went there once and I, and I saw he had a bad time. So I know, um, it's just the idea of like, just knowing, like I have, I have a friend of mine who lives there and they're talking about how, like, you know, during the summer, like the, the, the cars are technically air conditioned, but it doesn't really help. And then it's like, so you just like in these tunnels with people and smells and everything, it's just like, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. You know, like, I don't know what would be worse getting stabbed to death or just being like smelling all of the odors, you know, like. Probably getting stabbed to death, but I just, I'm, you know, I'm weighing it out in my mind right now as I'm talking about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, uh, I, I do quite like that sequence on the subway train. I like the opening sequence of the film. Uh, I really love the bodega sequence. Oh, yeah. uh, that bodega sequence goes from, you know, zero to 90. Uh, so I kind of love just how brutal it is. Um, and then that's when we get the heroic course can showing up we talked about that earlier, but yeah, that was, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and even, even at the end of the film, you know, when we're in the lair of, uh, uh, of the killers, um, there's some, some pretty cool stuff there. Uh, I'll say that, uh, uh, this film has a, tendency to uh not only let film uh, let characters who were thought previously dead from other films return in Hayden Panettiere uh coming back as Kirby but it also there's a there's a lot of people surviving uh Ghostface and I, I I think you know as much as I like these actors I think that we needed a devastating loss for this movie to count because it doesn't feel like there were any, I mean, there were stakes, obviously, but if you look at it, uh, how many actual kills are there? Because there are two that aren't really kills, and then there's 
or they're fakes, I guess is the better way of putting it. And then there is, uh, you know, Gail Weathers surviving. Um, her, her boyfriend, not um, people in the bodega. There's two or three there. Um, okay. Yeah. The, the, uh, but it, yeah. And while those are cool, I love that bodega sequence. So I'm not trying to take anything away with it. But was there anybody in this film that you were like that had stakes who got killed? No. And that's like, uh, especially like uh, we, we talked about uh, Mason Gooding, like uh, uh, he, dude, you know, like for being like, you know, he looks like, like a football player. Right. And then the first movie, I'm sorry, five, he gets, he gets chopped up pretty good. And you're like, Oh, you know, maybe he's not going to make it. It's like, Oh, he does. Okay. And this one, it's like, like he gets taken out again, pretty good. And it's like, I don't like, how often, like, how good of a life are you going to have? Are you are you the new Dewey? Where the next time we're going to see you, it's like, oh, it was all the scar tissue from the first time. Which he had his shirt off at the frat party. I saw no stab marks on his body. Not that I was like being like, oh, look at that guy. But if you're going to wear a cowboy hat and no shirt, it, it's kind of hard not. Especially when you're in a theater, you know his, you know, his, you know his body was so big on the screen, Steve. You know, it was just you know. <laughs> It seemed odd to me. Not not my ogling of, of men's bodies. I mean, we know that happens, but it seems like he he should have been dead twice over already. Okay, and I am not an expert on this, uh, but I, th- there is something that I thought about is, uh, and immediately it, it doesn't protect your head or anything like that. But why does nobody with the except? Well, I don't even think is Kirby wearing a vest at the end, even though she's an FBI agent. Like, why why did nobody like? maybe we should really like a either arm ourselves to the teeth when we go into the lair or B try and make ourselves as protected as possible. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something where I'm like, you know, if you're going to go the route of we've got a plan and we're going to execute this, I think I could, you could find ways to work in like protection for them that would, excuse me, solve that problem if you're if you're not going to actually take any of them out yeah i just you think there'd be a military surplus store relatively nearby right that they could have mm-hmm. got something you're right um that would have been i think that would have been preferable uh but yeah like you mentioned the lair um i will get to how that all got put together which seems dubious but did you notice like the, the, this you could tell that the people that made this film poured over all the previous films I, it just when I saw the melted fax machine from part three, I'm like, I don't need this. I don't need, <laughs> like, I don't need because <laughs> I forgot how stupid that kill was and, and that detonation in that movie. But I'm like, really? You're like, oh, I gotta get that. Like, and also, it's like, who would have kept a fax machine? I mean, maybe they would have cataloged it, but it's just, it's like, gotta keep that. That's you know, gotta remember that fax machine thing that happened. Well, you know. I think the idea behind the lair as far as like how all those things were procured was that they were all seized during the investigation. And then, uh, either police officers or somebody, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know how it works. I don't know if the person who's actually cataloging things at the police station, if they're actually a police officer or if it's Mm -hmm. clerical, I don't know how that stuff works. So I can't like, I can't poke holes into that, but there is a point where it's like, yeah, I, I can see you getting a hold of, you know, Randy's old T-shirt from the video store in a weird like eBay auction kind of thing. I yeah. don't know that I could see you getting the TV that was on top of, of <laughs> Stu Mocker's head. Like, I also don't think you could get uh, Billy Loomis's shirt. 
right? Know, like, um, and then also, I also like how like you have all the different like like Ghostface, you know, um, set up right, like on the, the in the like like an altar basically, but then like Loomis's knife is like the blood on it's still like candy apple red. Like, like I just, I know it's a movie thing, but it's like, I don't know. I think that thing would be cruddy and gross after 27 years. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, uh, it's interesting. I was watching, uh, earlier today, uh, the thing with two heads podcast, which, uh, I know that I said it was a podcast I was watching. They, they put, put the episodes on YouTube, um, with them, the visuals, if you will. Uh, I don't know why I felt like I had to differentiate that I didn't <laughs> listen to it as opposed to, but the reason I bring it up is, is that uh, one of the two gentlemen on that film or on that podcast, this Christopher Nelson, who is the guy who did the makeup for the last three Halloween movies. And there was a discussion about the mask that they basically do the Michael Myers version of how the mask deteriorates mm-hmm with the Billy Loomis mask, like, cause that's the one that looks all cruddy. And, and, you know, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't want to say they ripped it off, but he's like, the way that we did it was the most, you know, visually appealing, but he's like, that's not how latex actually breaks down. He's like, so I, I thought it was odd that like they did a similar thing with that because it's a harder plastic. He's like, they could have found a way to age it, and make it visually different than the way it looks in Halloween. He's like, it's not something that bothers me, but it's something that I noticed right away uh, was how they aged the mask and how similar it looks to the aging that was done with Mm -hmm. the 2018 uh, mask. Uh, And, you know, I do wonder, you know, if you're going to go that route, like it kind of would have been cool if there would have been a mask that was just falling apart. So, like, maybe we could only see, like, an eye because it fell off or something, you know, or different ways that they could have played with that. And I, I don't know, because they're like, you know, at best, you know, that hard plastic probably would just be yellow now. That would be. That's, I was going to make like that the, comment. It would just be, like, yellow and, like, peeling at the corners, maybe, like, off of the, the adhesive off of the, the material. That'd yeah. be funny. Like, you see the, you see Ghostface run and then, like, the, the yellow part just falls off, like, completely. Right. Like, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I, I, that stuff, again, I probably would forgive it a little bit more if it wasn't for the fact that I disliked the reveal so much. And, uh, mainly because the reveal sort of just feels like, it feels like a rehash of two in one way, but also it feels very much like, uh, well, you've seen one killer, you've seen two killers, but how about three? Uh, that was, that was a little bit too much for my taste. It it doesn't ruin the movie. And I think I, I said this previously where, you know, in your discussion with El Goro about the Friday 13th franchise. So if I, if I'm repeating myself from earlier guys, my apologies, uh, you know, those movies for good or for bad, they're all entirely watchable. The same sort of applies here. Scream six is totally watchable. And it was hitting some really high points for me mm-hmm. up until we get the reveal. Like, it's just unfortunately that that reveal brings it down a few notches for me. The same thing happened with two. I love two up until we get the reveal of who the killer is. Yeah. I mean, it's frustrating uh, that I, if you have a grieving father that wants to, to make, you know, um, 
was Samantha pay for what she did to her, his son, you know, even though his son was the, anyway, you know, fine. I can get behind that. But then the whole roping in, like the, like we're going to make it a family of fire. I'm like, just calm down. Like that's a little, that was a little much for me, you know? Um, it just, I, but again, it does feel like too, where it is like, it's, it's the, you know, the parent coming in. Right. And it just, but that's why I also it kind of reminds me of three because there was like this, you know, fam, familial connection that no one was aware of type of thing too. It just, it, I don't like what, why is it always with screen films where you get like these amazing set pieces involving knives mainly, except for the bodega, which was a shotgun. It was amazing, but then it always devolves into a gunfight. Why is the, like the, why are knives cool until guns are needed to finish the job? That's a, that's a very good question. And it hasn't come out yet, but I can, I can say that there's definitely a moment where we've seen the slasher in my comic only use uh, sharp implements. And there's a point where uh, it's the last grasp ever where he picks up a gun okay. uh, because spoilers, it's, it's the end final battle. And like, it's uh, the only thing that gives him an edge uh, because he's, he's, he's not ready to, uh, I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. No, so, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, is that like, uh, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not the first person to do that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it would just, just be like Jason, like you know what? It's machete time until it's handgun time. You know. Well, but I know it's a different. It's a different setup. I get it. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's yeah. fun ways to do that too. Like I love. Uh, I think it's. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, yeah. It's definitely four. Uh, Halloween four where. Uh, he just takes a shotgun and like literally just rams it right up the one girl like abdomen uh, and almost like pins her to the wall with it. So uh, there's different ways that you can do it, I guess is what I'm saying. But guns have always been a piece of scream. Um, and that was the thing, too, was is I, I, I remember when the trailer first came out or the teaser or whatever, people were like Ghostface with a gun. I'm like. Watch any of the other movies. Yeah. <laughs> there's always a gun inevitably coming up. Like, it's not like a new element that they're introducing. Um, I think also, too, the fact that this is supposed to be billed as the ultimate ghost face. Uh, I think that that's also why it's a letdown. Because, like, I think any other reveal other than, like, you know, uh, actually, no. You know, had it, They just revealed that, like, Sydney went nuts. Like that Sydney actually was the one who was collecting all this stuff because it was, you know, shambles of her life and, and, you know, had a a split personality or something like that. It might have been a a twist that people would have just booed at and yelled at the screen, Mm -hmm. but also it would be like, okay, well, at least that makes sense. Or if it had been Stu and his kids, you know, like that would have been, that would have been a little bit like, again, they're reaching into the, like, you know, but it's like, at least that ties back to the original. Right. And that, that would make sense. Um, so yeah, it was a little, you know, like, yeah, I agree. And so, cause even in the beginning, like the, the first, like, you know, the vignette with, you know, flash Thompson, whenever he's like, well, we got to finish, like, is like, he says something about like, well, we got to finish the movie. And then Ghostface, like, you know, who, you know, who gives an F about the movies. Right. And I'm just like, Ooh, this is going to be different. And then the ending is, Oh, it's a shrine sub to movies. And we see little homemade movies and everything else. So I'm like, there, there's threads here that would have taken this film from being good to great. Uh, and I think that's kind of where you're landing to of like, man, that middle section is solid. 
And then it just kind of, it kind of just, um, it doesn't peter out, but it's like, it's not, it's for a film that kind of leaves you guessing the entire time, which I know it's per, you know, screen blueprint. I was, I was hoping for something a little bit more considering that, you know, they, they kept, like you said, like ultimate ghost face, they were promising something different. And yeah, I just, I, so I'll put this to you now. Um, two things, right? So the deal with it, for, I'm going to get into it. One, um, like, I, I, do you think there needs to be another one or do you think this is kind of like, I mean, I know it's making enough money, so we're no, we're, we're no, we're getting another one, but do you think this kind of like, I think this kind of caps like this arc with Sam, right? Cause she's also kind of made her own piece with her, like the visions of her father and choosing to not take up the mantle. And then also like her connections to what happened before that family lines burned out now, right? Like we're like, who else do you bring as a threat? Like, I think, I think the Prescott like legacy is done. Right. And it's just, I know there's going to be an eighth one. Right. But well, that it, if, if there is an eighth one, we're skipping the seven. Sorry. Cause sorry. this was just six. No, you're so. right. You're right. I'm just like, cause they keep making all the stab films. Like they keep talking about stabs. Seven <laughs> and eight, so, um, yeah. So I'll just say that, uh, you know, I, I, I I think that you and I have different expectations in the sense that, you know, you have a point of view where you're like, can we stop it with the Simpsons? We've had 35 years of it or whatever season we're on, or, you know, do we really need this? And I understand the, the approach of being like, you know, can I have something new? I completely understand that. Um, but I'm also the same guy who's like, yeah, you want to make another Halloween movie? Bring it. I'll watch it. So it's, it, it'd be hypocritical for, hypocritical for me to uh, come at scream and be like, Oh, this should be the end. And I actually, I feel like a seventh one could, if done right, could not, not only sort of make up for the reveal in this film, but also <laughs> put some real stakes to it. Kill some, kill some main characters, get me back on board with like, everybody is expendable. Because that's that's what both the first Scream and Scream Two did very well. Yes, Dewey survives a couple of times. Yes, uh, Nev Campbell survives every time. But I think that there's there could be something done where it could be, and you can't go the route of like, oh, well, this is the ultimate ghost face now because you've <laughs> already played that card. You can't you can't up those stakes. So. What is it that they end up going up against? I don't have that answer, but I certainly I'll, I'll see Scream Seven. We'll put it that way. You know, as long as the trailer comes out, and I'm not like, oh, well, that looks terrible. You see a ghost face in a crow mask with a flamethrower, right? Let's no, right. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I, I, but I'm saying, well, I mean, a seventh one because then because then you'd have you'd have a pretty evenly divided arc, right? Because you got the first three, then the fourth one. I mean, I understand it's all Nev Campbell still, but the fourth one, it, it's a different point in the series like I, I, I that's an obvious statement like the fourth one came out was like a 10 11 years after the third one and it's it's set up it, it changed the game a little bit and it, it's it's a good um movie on its own right and then you go from five and six that that move on from that it almost feels like this would be a like a complete arc for the series if if they somehow stick the landing with seven and i'm not saying don't keep give me like more of a good thing i mean i, I agree with you on that i'm just saying that like Sometimes if you, if you've hit your, you know, 
Like if you force it, then then that's where the bad's going to come. That's what I'm worried about. Well, I'd say that's a valid point. It's a, that's a very valid point. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, I can't help but think about, you know, something like the fast series, the fast and furious series. I've not seen any of those films, you know? And yeah, there's part of me that, that says like, really? Like this is still a thing, you know? And those movies have been around for almost 20 years, I think at this point. Right. Um, and I, I know that the premise of, uh, the first one, I think they're stealing like DVD players <laughs> I think and so. like yeah. by the ninth one, they're in space or something ridiculous like that. And you guys can correct me. I'm not, I, I am not a, uh, well, I haven't even seen one, so I, I can't, I can't really say that I'm an aficionado or that I'm an expert on them, but what I know of them, it's like they keep upping the ante, but people are enjoying them. So I certainly wouldn't want to, you know, tell people that like, Oh, aren't we done with the fast and the furious? Cause I, you know, honestly, I don't know if there is at this point, you know, or, you know, John wick where we're getting John wick for, you know, uh, at what point does John wick, become less appetizing to the public or Mm -hmm. James Bond or anything else. Like, I I guess, I don't know. I guess I don't have that, that, that problem. Um, I, I will say that I think it's sometimes beneficial for things to go away. And I think that's why scream five did so well. And why, when people went and saw five, uh, they came back for six, you know, I don't know what it'll do this coming weekend. Uh, and I don't know what's coming out that it will go up against, but you know, hopefully uh, it's not like oh, it's just a sudden drop off. No, and, John Wick Four is coming out uh, this weekend. So is it really yeah, this weekend? I think it's this weekend. Okay, yeah. I was thinking that was April, but uh, well, okay, it's not winning the box office this weekend. But, but I imagine <laughs> you know if it stays up in the like two or th- the second or third spot, uh, it's probably safe that uh, they'll green light the next one. But yeah, I I feel like I'm talking in circles. I guess the point that I was trying to make with the Fast series is is that you know I don't know like did did that jump the shark for people or is it just still as entertaining as the first one for people? Because I kind of feel that way at least with the Scream series. Like it, maybe I'm not getting the 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 delicious meal that I got with the first Scream, but you know I'm 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 getting the you know the five guys version where I'm like, all right, that's pretty good. It's not great. It's not, you know, four courses, but it's, uh, or a four star meal, but it's, it's, you know, it does the job. So, and that's not at all like me trying to review the movie and being like, it's like eating at five guys. I don't mean it that way. I just mean that, uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more open to there being more of them, but at the same time, I've never seen a Resident Evil movie, and I I feel like it was like a period of like three or four years where it was like there was a new uh, Resident Evil movie, and I was like, this this is still a thing. I didn't know these were yeah. still people still are watching the Mila Jovovich Jovovich <laughs> movies. However, you say your name, Jovovich. Um, That's I think yeah. I know. So um, I'm just as much of a hypocrite as I am a you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I want to say, uh, 
No, like you, you going have, against the grain. No, but. you have you have you know your preferences, and then there's other things. Where it's like, well, that still exists. I, 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 that's a very fair point. Also, to correct myself uh, in real time, uh, it's not uh, John Wick Four is not coming out the weekend we release this. It's the weekend after. So, oh, okay. it, so Scream might still clean up. And I'm not sure what's coming out this weekend, but I mean, it's still going to make it. I mean, it's already done really, really well. Um, so you know, like I, the, the also I think it's funny too that I noticed going in that, um, that Paramount was the distributor for this and they, you know, their, their full throated endorsement of it. And then seeing them show Friday 13th part eight, uh, you know, as one of the movies in the movie and how, how, um, ashamed Paramount was of that franchise and how much money it made for them. Uh, it's it, like times have changed, you know, a great deal. I think I was muted. My apologies. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I, I, it certainly is the times have changed because I think uh, all of them now would love to have a big franchise uh, like that. And I, I, I think that, uh, you know, with this, with, you know, Universal, whether you hate the new Halloween movies or not, you can't deny that they got people back watching, you know, Halloween movies in a ways that we hadn't seen them before in the sense that. Uh, you know, they always did well, but not like they did with the, the past three. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, I, and I don't know if it's, it's happened since, but even the last one, which people hate, you know, because they released it at, uh, the same time on, uh, Peacock, like it was the first time I, we talked about that story where it's like, oh, it, it pushed Peacock into like the top 10 streamers, you know, for the first time ever. So I think there is an appetite for these franchises. I think that, uh, you know, as long as there's done, because that's the other thing that like, it's hard to pick this movie apart because it is very well done, you know? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to come down on it, but I'm like, yeah, my, my nitpicks are nitpicks except for the big one, which is just that I'm like, I don't like the reveal of the killer. And it's unfortunate that so much of the movie hangs on that, but that's how the franchise is built. Um, but if you give me enough time talking, I'll just hang myself with my own rope because, you know, I'm like, well, I don't want to be a hypocrite. And then I'll say something that contradicts what I just said 30 seconds ago. So, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm in for scream seven. I'm in for scream eight, nine, 10, whatever. Um, and, and I say that as somebody who watched, I don't even know if I made it through the first episode of that screen TV series. Yeah. I've heard that wasn't good. But I watched, I, I, if not the first episode, I watched part of the first episode and I was like, this doesn't feel like Scream to me. I'm done. And like, it was just so totally off to me. Uh, and maybe I just caught it at a, 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 you know, on a bad day. Maybe it was the MTV-ness of it all. Like, I don't know. But I was just immediately out. Um, and I know, I think like friends of the show, like uh, Rob, who uh, is a, you know, writer and, and write short stories and things like that. And he's a fan of all things horror. I think he's stuck it out for that entire series. I could be wrong, but I think he may have actually even been like, I don't know, give it a chance. Pretty good. So maybe it is. I don't know. But I, I again, I'm a hypocrite. I'll, I'll say that I'm here for all the screen movies, but then I'm like, give me a TV show. And I'm like, not watching that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, I like this movie. Like I, you know, like uh, you, your criticisms are valid, uh, and I know that I sometimes get like in, into the the um, into the the dirt a little bit sometimes because I just, you know, me, I'll find like 
like something that's insignificant and be like, why did they do that? And my brain just goes stupid. But no, I had a good time in the theater with this. Um, I did like um, the post credit sequence because like people, I, I was, I, then it happened. There's a couple people in the theater with me and they're like, ah, we waited for that. I'm like, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, so yeah, I just like, the, the, I, I trust it's, it's been a very steady hand. And I mentioned this earlier in our conversation yesterday that, um, like it's been like consistently, it, I mean, this has been a very consistent franchise. And like you said, you know, is it, is it the, 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 you know, the, the feast that you have with the first film? No, but it's also like, you know, is this one of your preferred restaurants you'd go to? If you're like, I know I trust, I trust what's on the menu. And I think that, I think that's a very, um, you know, there is comfort in that. Um, cause you know, you, you have other franchises that take, that go in vastly different directions. Cause people are like, I don't know about that. We're going to like, wouldn't it be crazy if they're like, you know what? Um, scream seven is actually going to be a direct sequel to scream two as if three never happened. That would get really confusing. Also, it'd be like doing what hot American summer now, right? Like with all the cast, uh, that, you know, just bring them back, make them like, you know, all oh, we're at college now, but we have crow's feet. It would get weird. We don't need that. This is its own animal. So I agree with you. I, I think this is a worthy watch. Um, I'm glad that I was able to catch up on the franchise again. I'd also recommend the people like uh, the, the first five movies are available on Paramount Plus. Easily accessible. If you've not watched them in a while, check them out. Um, three has its fun bits. There's some good jokes in three. Um, I forgot Patrick Warburton was in that. Um, and he's just, he's great. It's Patrick Warburton. You know what you're getting with him. Uh, so yeah, it's all been good. It's all been fun. And uh, outside of the first one and the fourth one, you know, you, I don't know. They're like three, three. If the three is the worst one we get, then th then we're we're in a, we're in good hands. Yeah, and uh, you know, even even though three is my least favorite, the uh, the beginning kill of Cotton Weary is pretty great. Yes, like, uh, and I think it's so weird. Like every time I think about uh, the original screen where they were like. Hey, do you have like a day where you can just be in a cop car uh, and then we show your face? Uh, can you do it as a favor to us? And Leah Schreiber is like, yeah, I guess I can do that. And then, you know, he's such a big part of two. Actually, he's one of my favorite parts in two. Um, so when he shows up in three and he's got his own show called 100% uh, Cotton, they're like, oh, my God, that's so completely douchey. But like, it's perfect for the character. Um, and then he gets a great kill. So like there's, there's even moments in three that I like. And so. even at the beginning of that, he's like, he's like, no, I'm not going to like do a cheap cash in and a stab movie or whatever. Like it's just, again, yeah. we, we know what's going on. Um, yeah. Aside from the fax machine kill, uh, in the third movie, which is like, I also like how technology it's been, you know, we, we, we've been, it's, it's a different world from the first film to this one, especially when a plot point of the first one is they're like, we pulled all the cellular data for the County. I'm like, what? Five phones. You know, like, it's, yeah. um, it's like, oh, we got the killer's confessional in this wax cylinder. We got to go find a gramophone to, to hear what's going on. No. Um, so, yeah, no, it's been it's a lot of fun. And again, I, I'm I'm glad that I got to watch it. I know I swerved on you and, and decided to talk about it instead. But I know that you I know you've been wanting to talk about it. And um, yeah, and I think this has been it's it's been a fun ride. So thank you for putting up with me, uh, like pulling the rug out from under you with this. Well, I, I feel like this for you was my um, uh, Pacific Rim in that, like, ultimately I enjoyed the movie, but there were things that I was like, ah, you could have done this or ah, this might have been better, you know, and 
it's unfortunate, you know, uh, one, for me to be like, I could do this better than Guillermo del Toro. But, like, sometimes your brain gets in the way of enjoying a movie. Uh, and I'm not saying you specifically. I'm saying just No, my general. brain gets in the way. Because I have yeah. the same thing happen where I'm like, oh, I should love this movie. Why don't I? Well, I'm, I'm sorry that you're wrong about Pacific Rim. I'm kidding. <laughs> if, I like if, no, if we were to, if we if we were talking about Pacific Rim six right now, I'd be over the moon. You know, I'd be like, yeah, maybe it's not as good as the first one. But did you see that robot? Like, you know, like did you see <laughs> did you see the Vatican City Pope bot fighting things? It's amazing, you know. So. Um, well, I, yeah. I would be down for seeing Pope Bot. Pope Bots, right? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so, okay. Um, you had, you. I don't know if you have your notes still from your Scream quiz. I know you'd asked me two questions um, uh, before we broke uh, last night. Do you have any other uh, trivia or do you not have that? Up? Sure. Okay. I mean, we can we can run these. Yeah, real quick. Real quick before we go to uh, uh, the uh, the actual game. Yeah. Uh, so according to, uh, sign in the video store, Randy works in, uh, new releases and top hits are how much for one night. So keep in mind, this is 1996, but, uh, is it, uh, a, a dollar 99 B $3 C three ninety nine or D two fifty. Um, it was B yes, it was $3. Uh, staying in the video store, uh, there is a, uh, Music poster. Uh, what band and song is featured in the poster in the video store? Is it Guns N' Roses' You Could Be Mine? Is it Stone Temple Pilots' Big Empty? Is it Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun? Or Green Jelly's Three Little Pigs? Jesus. Um, whew. Um, wow. I'm, I'm, what, what was B? B was Stone Temple Pilots' Big Empty. Mm, that's around that time. Um, sure, I'll say that. I know it's wrong. Okay. Yeah, oddly enough, it was Green Jelly, which I'm like, See, eh, we're I, about three years past Green Jelly. But. Yeah, that's like, I'm like, oh, I was like, that's the one Steve threw in there just to trip me up to be like, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, after Drew Mar- Barrymore decided to take the role uh, of Casey instead of Sidney, uh, which was uh, something I thought we'd talk about when we were going to initially talk about Scream. Um, there were a lot of different actresses who were, you know, considered to take over the role of Sydney before they cast up Campbell. I'm curious to know which one of these were not actresses considered to take over the role. So three of them were in contention. One mm-hmm. of them was not even, I think, on the roster. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart, Alicia Witt, Brittany Murphy, or Joey Lauren Adams. Oof. Um, Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, I. She's an easy one. I was like, oh, who else would have been around Dimension that time who might be an oddball? And I was like, oh well. Uh, she was, you know, in Chasing Amy at this point. So, or I filming think she'd have been fine. I, I just, yeah. Um, and I, but man, Brittany Murphy would have been an interesting choice too. Um, okay. yeah. uh, so, which horror film is not name checked in the film? Is it Silver Bullet, The Howling, Hellraiser, or Silence of the Lambs? Silver Bullet. Yeah, that one's easy. What did you think, real quick, of that sequence where Kirby was talking to, um, what was it, uh, uh, Tara? No, it wasn't Mm -hmm. Tara. Was it Tara? Oh, no, she's talking to Mindy. Mindy, They're talking about 
uh, they're bona fides, like they're horror cred, like they're like talking back and forth. I'm like, I, it was like the, the the actors had chemistry. I just didn't know if I needed that. I don't know. It just felt a little too little too much. So the reason that I liked it was is that uh, Kirby is uh, the expert uh, among their friends in the fourth one. Uh, she's actually got that great scene where she's on the phone. It's like name the remake of the you know classic horror film, and she's literally rattling off like every horror yeah. ever made. Uh, I just I loved that moment. So like her sitting down and being like favorite Friday, you know, uh, and I thought it was interesting that the two that were chosen were two and four, uh, which made me like Kirby a little bit more because four is my favorite. Four. I just, it's um, unfortunate that the other person didn't pick uh, six or, or uh, 10. That's what I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I also enjoy the fact that, you know, they're, they're giving a little love to Wes uh, Craven by, uh, you know, the best nightmare on Elm street. Obviously they're going to go with one. Oh yeah, that um, was nice. I, I wish that Kirby would have been like, you know, though, I would have fallen in love a little bit more with Kirby. She'd have been like, I don't know, three's three's up there. It's tough sometimes. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. I, anyway, I I, just, I, I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, so then, okay, continue. I'm sorry. What other? What else? Other questions? You so uh, yeah, before Scream, Matthew Lillard uh, was actually in another horror film. Uh, this was a horror comedy. Which one was it? Uh, is it Ghoulies Go to College? Is it Serial Mom? Is it Popcorn? Or is it Tammy and the T-Rex? Serial oh. Mom? Yes. Oh, yeah. all right. That's just, that was, and uh, I think he's actually in Ghoulies Go to College as an extra or something as well. <laughs> uh, I made this quiz like a week ago, and I think that's why it's on there. Because it wasn't something that I picked off, uh, off the top of my head. But I, I feel like when I looked at his IMDb, it might have been like one of his first credits. Uh, okay. Last question here. Uh, ghost face mask, you know, the original, if you know the story, they were trying to come up with concepts, uh, and then somebody found the ghost face mask at a store, uh, and they had to reach out to the company to get the rights to use it. So, uh, what company made the original ghost face mask? Was it fun world, Ben Cooper, collegeville, or crazy town. It's a uh, fun world. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Cause yeah. I remember there was a big deal about trying to get the rights, especially whenever the, the film rights changed hands. Um, there was a, there was a whole other thing to deal with, with them um, when they were doing the new ones to get that licensing for that. If I recall. Um, that, so also speaking of mass real quick, this is unrelated to this, but that's one of my only problems with the, the, the two happy death day movies is that I hate that baby mask. That thing is stupid. <laughs> I, I don't mind that mask. I like the fact that it's kind of weird and off the wall, but I can see your argument as but well. But it's also like the college mascot is like what? They're like the rampaging babies or something? <laughs> like whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they wanted to find something that was like not the same. And I'm like, well, you picked it. It's like it, it would only have been worse if they would have used the mask uh, from uh, New Year's Evil. That would have been the worst. Like, anyway, so that's either here or there. But yeah, okay, fun quiz. Uh, so, all right, that's going to do a far discussion about all things Scream. Uh, you know, I hope you guys uh, enjoy the conversation uh, in both parts. Um, you know, one in which I slowly start, like, start slowly talking, and then one where I'm amazingly back up again. It's you know, magic. Magic happens. Um, I made sure to have a monster and some hot pockets for the second half of the conversation, Steve. So I'm full of hot pocket goodness right now. The power of hot pockets—they heal all. What hot pocket though? 
Oh, it was a, a breakfast hot pocket. Like I, cause yeah. I, I like if I, if you give me the choice, I'm always going to default to a, a breakfast selection, like a breakfast burrito. I don't know why my default setting is always like, Oh, does it have eggs and sausage and bacon in? I'll have it. You know, <laughs> you sound like a, like a Ron Swanson type. Is that <laughs> sure. I mean, but I don't know. Like I haven't had a hot pocket and like forever. So when I was like rolling through, like I was on GoPuff just trying to order something real quick. I'm like, I have selections now. Like I thought there was only like, you know, pizza and then other, I thought those were the two options for hot pockets, but you know. I don't think I'd had hot pockets until I went to college. And then like, they became this great thing where I'm like, Oh my God, this is like the like, quickest, easiest meal yeah, ever. Like, like look, look at that. People told me I could never be a cook. You know, like, <laughs> I put well, it in the sleeve. It was the yeah. ham and cheese. So yeah, the ham and cheese is good. Um, but yeah, like it was always like uh, a pizza. Oh, is it pepperoni cheese and pepperoni or, or, or ham and cheese? But yeah, they, I guess, I guess hot pockets have like, they've now, um, they've well, divested their portfolio, not divested, but like they've, they've, they've opened it up, you know, so you can have hot pockets for all meals of the day and that will last you about a week and then you'll die. So, um, I, you know, I, I eat like garbage anyway, but I'm, I'm sure if I just had hot pockets every meal, then I'd be putting the pedal down on the way out the door, you know? So, um, Either way, neither here nor there. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation about Scream and then some Hot Pocket discussion. Uh, you guys can find us on uh, Facebook at Invasion of the Podcast. You can email us directly at invadingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. It would be greatly appreciated. And Steve, where can people find you and your 27-year-long epic about your comic? <laughs> Feels like it's taking that long. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll have some stuff we can talk about uh, towards the end of the year. But uh Right now, I'm going to keep it all under my vest in case uh, the things don't work out. But right now, uh, the first two issues of Siren Slasher are available to buy on our Etsy store, which is The Art of the Slash. Uh, you can also visit our website uh, to learn more about The Siren Slasher, which is thesirenslasher.com. Uh, or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram under The Siren Slasher. I am on Twitter under The Saturday Slasher as well. I've I've... I don't know. I, I have tried using Twitter. I still don't know why we still have one, but you can follow me there as well. Oh, perfect. So everybody go support Steve at his slasher. I just saw a headline on my phone as I like, I just looked, uh, Jason Ritter was a clicker on the last of us. Um, oh really? Yeah. His wife is, uh, uh Melanie Linsky. Um, I didn't know that, that they were married. So in one of the episodes of Kansas city, he was a clicker. I, I think that's funny. So I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into uh, like, Hey, it's a tangent. We're trying to get to the game yeah. and end the show. But uh, in the after like special of, and I, I'm assuming that uh, it's still this way on HBO as well, but on HBO max, once the episode ends, they have a behind the thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a quick, like coming next episode on, uh, the last of us or house of the dragon or whatever the show is, which I really wish Lucasfilm would do for the Mandalorian. Oh, absolutely. I would love that. I, I would love to get a, you know, next week on, but, uh, they had a, uh, you know, the special behind the, the scenes features or whatever. And I heard Melanie Linsky talk. I think she's like New Zealand or something like that. I th- could have sworn she was American. I don't think I've ever heard her talk not doing an American accent mm-hmm. and like, no, she is New Zealand. Is so good. Yeah. Cause she was in Peter Jackson's, I think what heavenly creatures. So I think I she was never in that. seen heavenly creatures. I haven't either, so. but no, she's, I you know. Yeah. She is New Zealand. You know? Um, yeah. So like I just, HBO lives to us with all these people acting and things talking American, 
I just, I just never would have thought. Like, I just thought she was American because I've yeah. never seen her do another, you know, accent. And that's not like me going like, oh, well, you know, that's just what, what, uh, you know, maybe she's not that good of an actress. She's not doing <laughs> accents. No, she's doing an accent in every damn thing that I've seen. Yeah, and it just never occurred to me that she wasn't American. That's how it, it, it turns she out is. that a lot of Australian New Zealanders do a re- like, like they do a really good American accent. I don't know why. But then the, the inverse of that, Americans trying to do like Australian and New Zealand accents never goes well. So I don't understand. I don't understand that currency conversion. That goes well, that's because we, that. we just keep throwing in things like, oi. <laughs> Governor? That's, oh, that's British, right? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so. Oi, that's not a knife. <laughs> That's, that's Australian. Flawless. That's close enough. Flawless. Uh, if people want to see how to speak Australian, Conan O'Brien has a video on, on YouTube. You should look it up. How he was going to a dialect coach to speak Australian. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Go look that up. Um, do you know what I'm talking about, Steve? Where he's <laughs> no. Like, oh, my gosh. The person that's trying to coach him, she is like, you know, she you could tell that she's not trying to, like, crack up talking to him. But, like, she's like, it's it's really, really funny. Anyway, so, all right, yeah, I, a tangent. Now, we talked about The Last of Us at the beginning of the episode, and that, that the, you know, there we go. Full circle, it's complete. Um, now that we've played a game, I think it's time that we should play another game. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> all right, Steve, what do you got for me? So tonight's game is inspired because I take all my great ideas from other places uh, was inspired out of a conversation about the best 90s uh, costumes uh, from a video that I saw on uh, YouTube this week. Uh, actually, the uh, content creator, I guess, is what you call them now on YouTube. I don't or, or do we do we just still call them YouTubers? I don't know. I don't know. We're content creators, um, right? You guys we, are we? Yeah. yeah we're, like, what do you call this? I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't like. I don't know. Or, content creator just sounds so like. <sighs> I don't know. It it, it just it, it's something about the term content creator sticks in my cross. So that's why I, I, I just feel like after going to talk about for fourth meal, I suddenly become a content creator for different reasons. But yeah. <laughs> The, the point is, is that uh, the gentleman had a, a video uh, that I watched and uh, a friend of the show, El Goro, was like, oh, I'm checking out some of his other videos. And one of them was on 90s costumes. So once I watched it, I was like, oh, there's a lot of these that I agree with, some that I don't. But I thought it'd be a fun uh, idea to uh, put a game together that's a sweet 16 of uh, 90s costumes. Now, this isn't me saying that these are the all-time best. These are just some of my favorites. And I, I will say two things. One, uh, women had a, a very rough time. There's only three women characters in this because it was the 90s. Um, 90s comics treated women very badly when it came to their costumes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, some of the worst women's costumes ever in the 90s. Um, and one of them that I'm picking on here... You could probably also argue one of the worst, but I like the design of the character enough that I'm like, I'm going to throw this one in here. But like your Witchblades, your Lady Deaths, your uh, Evangelines, like all those characters, their costumes are based on how how little of a costume can we actually show. (laughs) So if you would have if you would have stopped, I would have I would have said Witchblade like immediately whenever before you (laughs) said anything. Yeah. So uh, my apologies. There's not very many women on this list. The other thing is, is that there's 90s characters on here 
that were created in the 90s. However, uh, if it was a character like, say, the Max or Hellboy, we'd be rating their overall design and not just their costume because the Max is wear a costume and Hellboy's costume is a trench coat. So that's not really a costume. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want it to become, you know, a, a, a discussion about like powers or, um, you know, character overall. I wanted it to be design aesthetic for the costume itself. So while there is a couple of new characters on here, uh, they're not, they're, they're, they're costume characters. We'll put it that way. Okay. Like for I, instance, I, it, yeah. I would have included say death from, uh, vertigo. Cause it's one of the few, you know, costumes that was, uh, around that was, uh, modest, I guess, in the sense that like, she's just wearing, you know, like a black, I think leather shirt or black leather coat and black shirt. But again, that doesn't make much of a costume either. So I didn't include her, but, uh, there's no women, and, and if you're going, this 90s design is better than anything on your list, I, that's fine, too. This is all just opinion, but I chose characters' costumes more than I did the actual characters. So don't, all right, fair don't be like, yeah. you know, X could be any, you know, X could beat Y in a fight, and that's not really what this is about. It's just about well, the if, design Well, if, if, if it's aesthetics. a runway show. You know, if they're going to yes. they're, they're gonna go, uh, you know, uh, Mugatu or Blue Steel It. I get it. You know, that's fine. And to keep this random, what I did was, is I sent Paul a list of 16 nineties trends. Yes. Uh, so he's going to, uh, read those off. Uh, he's going to pick them two at a time, uh, just so that he doesn't know who he's picking when we go into, yeah. so uh, this first, the best round. part about this list is that if I drop dead right now, my wife comes in and just sees this list on my desktop it would make zero sense. And there'd be so many questions about like, why was this the last thing he wrote? (laughs) (laughs) And then people will be trying to dissect it. It's like, I think he's trying to say something. It's just like, well, that's a weird way to go, you know, or, or it's like, it looks like I'm kind of writing a next verse for, we didn't start the fire for Billy Joel. Like, (laughs) do you you want to read off? The, I, uh, I, I, no, no, no. I'll, like at the end, maybe at the end of this, I'll read them off like it's Billy Joel, right? Uh, let's let, let, let's let, wrap it up that way. So, okay. So, all right. So, so the first one I'll pick is AOL Discs. <laughs> 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 I love these titles. And then the Snapple Lady, right? All right. Based so, upon that alone, the Snapple Lady wins. I'm kidding. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I should also mention if you need me to send you, uh, in case you're not familiar with the costume that I'm uh, choosing, mm-hmm. uh, I can send you photo reference so that you don't have to look something up. I do okay. supply. Is, is, is it happening? easier? Can you, is it easier for you to text me or to send it via Skype while we're going to do this? Uh, I can text you because I'm okay, on my, my laptop. That's perfect. All right, cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, so for AOL discs, uh, it was Gambit. Okay. So classic Jim Lee design, 90s character. Uh, my favorite thing about Gambit is, is there's an episode of the X-Men animated series. And I don't know if you remember this, but I think Pizza Hut gave away uh, or I, you could buy like video cassettes of the X-Men. And one of the ones that I owned was like they're they're I don't remember if they're uh, scouting someplace or if they're supposed to be on vacation. But like they're in like a, a Mediterranean or a tropical setting. And Gambit's like, ah, this is the life. And it shows him like relaxing like in the sun on like a hammock or something. 
but he's wearing like his full gear and a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you would be sweating your ass well, off. Like yeah, he's man. he's from you know Nolans, right? So I'm sure he's uh used to humidity, right? So whatever. <laughs> and uh, for the Snapple lady, we have the uh, '90s Jim Ballant design of Catwoman. Oh, I'm not familiar with this. So if you can send me, so yeah, send me I can the Catwoman to you. It's a it's a fairly uh, common or um, it sticks around for most of the '90s is what I I, I guess I, mean, I should, I'm sure I once I see it, it I'll recognize it, but I but I'm not it's not coming to the top of my head. So yeah, let me uh, let me send this to you now so you can see it. And I'm I'm just excited. This is like I can't wait to read the rest of these titles off to people. This is so much fun. I like this. A great deal. <laughs> well, this I feel so bad because I, I almost texted you and former co-host Joe because I also have that chat up, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he would have been like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> You've been like, "He's like, I don't know. I agree with it." Like you know, he'd been like, <laughs> "All right, where? Uh, why don't I see my?" Maybe I didn't grab photo. Re- oh, yes, I did. Sorry, it's just off the corner here. So I'm no, sending quick, this to you quickly now. Quickly draw a version apologies. of it and send it to me. Uh, I'll put it up with my Batman that you drew for me. Oh, God. <laughs> I will redo that drawing piece. I think it's I funny. I've been had. in my house for almost three years, and I've not it's hung up a single awful. thing from my old office. It's okay. so bad. All right, this versus... Oh, I mean, this isn't that dissimilar to some of the Catwoman designs. Um... I don't know. So what yeah, what he did really was is he sort of refined it, gave her the thigh high boots uh, and uh, the uh, hair coming out of the back, yeah, which I, just, I believe yeah. sometimes was featured, sometimes it wasn't. Like Tim Sale's version of the character didn't have the hair coming out of the back. So also, I don't know about this like band across the top of the chest. That's a little weird. It just seems like, man. Uh, it just you know, if there was a stock market that was for '90s characters, everybody would be like, you know what, you should put your money in boobs. Like that's like you know, like it's, <laughs> the, the market's only going to go higher and higher because of boobs, right? Like that is that's a very booby Catwoman. Um, but, yeah, Jim Ballant was very well known for drawing yeah. curvaceous women. But I mean, this isn't that dissimilar from like a Catwoman that you know, like I, I don't think this is terrible. Um, I, you know, Gambit is very much a nice character. I will say Catwoman probably wins this round just because it's not, this isn't Halle Berry Catwoman, right? I still think this is a very, um, it's, 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 um, it edges up against like the things that it almost looks like she's like, I'm Catwoman, but I could also be the Phantom. I don't know if that is a good or a bad thing, but uh, yeah, I'm okay with this. So I'm going to give it to, um, Catwoman. Okay. So Catwoman is moving on to the next round. Yeah, I never thought that would happen. All right, so AOL. I like that you gave uh, Gambit AOL discs. I don't know why, but anyway, it's funny. So uh, Crystal Pepsi uh, versus (laughs) the Rachel haircut. (laughs) All right, so Crystal Pepsi is Spider-Man 2099. Okay. And uh, I have a feeling that you're auto- automatically going to say winner, but uh, you don't know me. What's coming up with uh, the Rachel haircut? The Rachel haircut is uh, uh, Angela from Todd McFarlane. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's a cool look, but yeah, twenty ninety nine Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah, I had a feeling. Uh, <laughs> it's a cool look. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, they haven't changed it much, right? Like, I mean, we see in the new, uh, was it uh, Across the Spider Verse? 
it looks similar. Like it's, it's for as many costumes as Spider-Man as spider people have had. It's a very, it, I don't know. I, I love, I love the look of it. It's a cool look. Uh, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I think it's a great look. And that's why I actually, uh, and I should just tell you now, I left both tar- uh, um, Dark Hawk and uh, Sleepwalker off this <sighs> list just, just because yeah. I knew that they would be easy picks for you. Well, so. Yeah, it just, but also like they didn't really have too many iterations after. Dark Hawk did a little bit, but anyway, so yeah. Um, flannel shirts. Uh, All right. And then uh, um, let's see here. The Spice Girls. All right, so flannel shirts is the Age of Apocalypse uh, Wolverine. Are you familiar with that design? Oh, um, maybe. I, I, th- I mean, I, I, yeah. I'll, I, was that when he was one of the horsemen? Uh, one of the four horsemen. Like, you know, um, I think so. I don't remember the story as well as I should because I remember reading it back in the day. I, the one that I enjoyed the most was a uh, Generation Next, but basically. All the X-Men titles back in the 90s for about four issues, I want to say, mm-hmm. became this age of apocalypse where it's it, basically apocalypse wins and like all the characters are different. It's an alternate reality. If you okay. Will. So, okay. Um, so I'm looking at this. A hand. Missing a hand. Oh, he has oh. a hand cannon. I'm looking at yep. this now. Okay. And what's the next one? All right. So uh, what did you say he was going up against? Spice Girls. Spice Girls. All right, so uh, Jim Lee's Storm. Okay. So that's the classic white costume that we now all know and love. Okay. Um, I'll look at this up. I mean, the hand cannon's pretty interesting, you know, because, I mean, I'm, like, you know, I'm, a, I'm a Mega Man honk, so that, that, might, that might do it. Um, one second here. Um, oh, okay. No, you know what? Storm. That's a good look. Yeah, I, I think it's that character's best look. Although I still like the black leather in Mohawk, Mohawk look a yeah. little bit more, but it's, it's yeah, no, it's this pretty is like, classic. Like, I mean, if for anybody wants this reference, like look at the, the X-Men number one, the gatefold, not gatefold, but like the five issues um, that's prominently displayed with one with her and beast. And also we, you and I found out that Alex Ross is doing a version of this, of mm-hmm. the five uh, issues. And it's going to be phenomenal. So yeah, no, that's a good look. Yeah, uh, he's done some homage covers, obviously, in the past. I think the most famous one is uh, he did a uh, a cover for a Crisis on Infinite Earths collection in which George Perez, I think, drew over 100 characters on the cover, and then he painted it. Wow. Did you yeah. see, there was a photo, I saw this recently, where George Perez was being held by a Superman cosplayer. Uh, with a Supergirl in the background, just watching on, like so. He's yeah. po- I think someone's holding George Perez, and he acted like he was like, "Oh, I'm the feel like this." Oh, gone too soon, but that's funny. Anyway, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, what do we have up next here? Paul? Oh shit! What else we got here? Uh, getting jiggy with it. Nah, 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 nah. nah. Um, and then um, pizza bagels. All right. Based so upon getting- those two titles, I would choose the bagels, but who knows? Who knows what the lights? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know which way you're going to go with this one. Uh, we have a Rob Liefeld character making it onto the list. Uh, Domino. Okay. From uh, X-Force. Yeah. From X-Force. And then uh, uh, we have uh, uh, Pizza Bagels with Spawn. <laughs> I mean, uh, Dom- Domino's cool looking, but Spawn is like 90s AF, right? Like it's as a kid. Like it's like oh it's kind of like Spider Man but he has chains and a cape yeah I'm in you know 
It's a good yeah. look. It's a cool look. I think to basically making that character and being like, the cape's alive, so I can draw it any way that I want. Yeah. And the cape could also make... A genius. The, the cape could make booze, too. If I remember yeah. that. <laughs> it's like, you know your power is finite, right? Like, oh, strawberry ripple? All right, here you go. Like, all right. Because it was what strawberry was it? ripple, if I recall. I don't know why I remember that very specific detail. Uh, all right, so, okay. Um, we have Hostess... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Vanilla Pie. <laughs> uh-huh. Very specific. I love it. Um, and then Zima, which I would eat one and then chase it with the Zima. <laughs> so uh, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Vanilla Pie is the Danny Ketch version of Ghost Rider. Okay. And then uh, the Zima is Hero Reborn, Heroes Reborn Iron Man suit, uh, which is... Designed by Will Sportaccio. Okay, uh, I up. can send that to yeah. you if you need me to. Um, I'm gonna look that up because I know I know I know Danny Ketch. I know Danny Ketch Ghostwriter. Um, Heroes Reborn Iron Man. It's my favorite Iron Man suit of all time. Oddly enough. Oh, I just wrote Heroes Iron Man. That's not right. All right, because um, I can't type good. All right, Iron. All right, there we go. Images, images, show me, show me. That is cool. I like that he somehow has, uh, like, car doors on the back, like, you know, like a Transformer. Um, is, is that the one I'm looking at, right, that has, like, the like the weird kind of wing, wing things on the back? Yeah, okay. yeah. I I, uh, I literally just hit send on the photo to okay. you, so yeah. if you want to verify that we're yeah. looking at the same one. Okay. But I believe that, yes, we are. Like, that is cool. Um, my favorite Iron Man suit, um, is actually the, the silver and red from okay. like the, was it the, the early eighties whenever he was able to turn invisible, but it screwed up his back. That's a cool look. Um, so this is cool, but, uh, Danny catches ghost rider, my God. And like, and, and somehow his motorcycle is like, like a hell tank of a motorcycle. I don't know. I don't know why it gets so angular, but I love that version of ghost rider. Maybe it's cause I'm more a fan of, um, was it Mark Texiera, his artwork? Like, mm. like, yeah, I, I like that Ghost Rider. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, that one is the one that I was the most, like, uh, again, it's a leather jacket and jeans, but the way that uh, Texiera drew him, I think it's one of the best uh, redesigns of a character uh, of the 90s. Well, I think I told you when I, when I went to the one the comic convention, he was just sitting there with his, his, you know, his person that was like, you know, taking the money. And I, I just walked up with my glow in the dark, uh, ghostwriter that everybody had <laughs> that was like, you know, worth $2 now. And I was just like, and I was like, this is my favorite. I love And He's like, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm like, thank you, sir, for drawing the ghostwriter. I like it was just one of those weird things. I'm like, I know this isn't worth anybody, but it's important to me, sir. You know, whatever. So yeah. Like, all right. Uh, what do we have here left? Uh, the real world. You know, true story. Um, um, an umbot by Hanson. All right. So the real world, this one's a little bit of a cheat because I don't know that she appears in the comics proper until the two thousands, but she's created in the nineties. Uh, and that is Harley Quinn. And I'm not talking about the booty shorts and, uh, dyed hair. Are you talking about the animated series version? Yeah, I'm talking okay. the classic design yeah. for for uh, for Harley Quinn, and then uh, the other one that you chose 
was Hanson, which is Madman by Mike Allred. Are you familiar with that? I, I know I know what you're talking about. I've not read any Madman, um, but I know. Um, let me look this up. I, I know the character. I just sent you a photo of the costume. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, bits in Chasing Amy. Uh, at the beginning, uh, there's a convention going on, and we see Mike Allred for, I don't know, like 30 seconds. And Willem is standing in front of him talking about how Chow Yun-Fat should be Madman. Um, yeah, this is a cool look. It's just, I think I still love the original design of Harley Quinn. I, I love her being like the court jester to the Joker. That's it's so inspired. I do like that original. Um, I know it's, I don't know who designed it, but I know it was like a Paul Dini creation. I do like that look for Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, he, he tried drawing a version of it. Uh, I have a great book, uh, that came out in the nineties about the making of, uh, the animated series. And, uh, they actually put the sketch in, uh, saying that they were using it as blackmail against Paul Dini. Uh, cause they're like, <laughs> They're like, this was his original idea, and it's it's not a great design at all. Uh, Bruce Tim then went and took it and refined it. But uh, it, it feels uh, like when very... anybody describes uh, Steven Spielberg's storyboards, it's, right. <laughs> it's always like, I don't mean maybe, like, you know, all right, so so then we have a couple left here for the first yep. round. We have, uh, you know, what, uh, Tamagotchi and Beanie Babies, all right. Uh, so, uh, you got basically Rob Liefeld going up against Joe Cazada. So, uh, the Deadpool costume design versus the Azrael, uh, and not the Azrael Batman, but oh. the actual Azrael character design that, uh, precedes, uh, John Paul Valley becoming Batman. Okay. You are going to have to send that to me. Cause I, I, okay. I think I know what that is, but I'm not sure. Yep, I'm pulling it up right now. And I don't know you. if we if I mentioned this during our um, Death Superman conversation. I, did I tell you I read the novelization of that when it came out? Um, like, because that was like I was at my library. I'm like, oh, this is a book. This is serious business. And then I ended up reading the Nightfall book that came out after. So I have. I, I'm pretty sure I probably have no idea how any of these characters look. So, um, <laughs> uh, sort of Azrael, which is what kicks that off uh, and introduces us to, to Azrael. That's that's is, cool looking. Um, I like that. And then the other one was um, Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. But, I mean, Deadpool's going to win because I mean Deadpool's like. You you like it's almost like you got it right right out of the park like the first time right like how like you it's not really ever changed right like other the characterization has changed but the look has not changed and it's a cool look and I know that he is I, what was it you're gonna correct me on this but I know it's kind of taking a little bit off of Deathstroke but it's still a cool look uh, this Azrael look though is really cool I like this yeah yeah no uh. I love that design of Azrael. Uh, I think that Joe Quesada is one of those people, much like Jim Lee, where they can design really cool costumes, but nobody can draw them as well as they can. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's kind of unfortunate when you see, particularly with Jim Lee, where it's like, I'm redesigning all the characters in the DCU. And you're like, wow, these all look great. And then they have to be drawn by other artists. And you're like, I don't know if these work as well uh, because no, they're not being yeah. drawn by Jim Lee. That's not a slight to their artists, but I just think that like Jim Lee has a certain aesthetic. The same things with Joe Cazada. Like Azrael never looked better than when it was drawn by Joe Cazada. Uh, and I say the same thing for his Azrael Batman. Um, there's some cool artists who took it on, but I think that his, his design for the Azrael Batman is one that's uniquely designed 
for his style, mm. and I think it looks best when he's. No, drawing that it. does look really badass. People should look it up. It looks like he looks like he would go to Mardi Gras and just f stuff up, because you know? <laughs> like, the Fleur de Lis cool, and then also like with the laser sword and the flamethrower, it's like also like if you go to a Panera and be like, "Can I speak to the manager?" and you'd be like, "Oh no, I made a bad decision." You know. <laughs> All right. Well, we're down to the, the final two. So you know so the you final two. Okay. Let you tell me what they are, and then. <laughs> In terms of the names of the things, the code names you've given me. All uh, right. Yeah. So uh, uh, the two that are left are Simpsons bootleg merchandise, <laughs> uh, which is the Kyle, Kyle Rayner version of Green Lantern. Okay. Uh, and then Pogs, which is the uh, Tim Drake version of Robin. All right. I'm gonna, um, I, I, know, I know of these. I know Kyle Rayner. I could send um, you a reference for both. You know. I have it pulled up. Okay. So. Here's Kyle Rayner. I'm hitting send on that. And I guess because I'm doing it for my laptop, it may be taking a little bit longer no, to get to it's fine. It's coming here. No. I'm just saying but, that when, uh, we post the, when, I, when I post this episode tomorrow, you might want to do a post for some of these images for reference so people know everything okay. we're talking about. Okay, Kyle Rayner. Look at him. Muscle Beach. All right, continue. All right. Yep. And uh, there's his girlfriend pre-fridging in the background. <laughs> Oh, look at that. It's a Scream 6 connection. Uh, so, all right. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. She's wearing a Raiders shirt. No, I don't like Like, That's weird. Was she a cheerleader for the Raiders? Is that what the, that's what it looks no, like? No, that was actually one of the things that I like the artist Daryl Branks. And, and I don't know, maybe the writer told him to do that. But like he would fit in like logos of things, you know, so that it wasn't like, oh, this character's just wearing a blank shirt. Like he okay. would put Kyle in like a Nine Inch Nail shirt or something along those lines. Like he would throw in those little things along the way. Cause it's like, yeah, you know, not everybody just wears like a normal red shirt every day. No, that's fair. Like, yeah. People wear different shirts. Kind of so, thing. uh, this version of Robin looks like it's an update on the classic, which I do dig, but I like, um, I, I, from what, what little I know of Kyle Rayner, I like his green lantern mask a great deal. Mm -hmm. And I also like, I'm also okay with like the asymmetrical design of placing the logo of the, the lantern on his chest with the stripe down. That's a cool look. You know, I, I think I think I like Kyle Rayner here. I think it's a cool look. Okay. So yeah. Kyle Rayner wins out. Yeah. So, all right. All right. So then what we have, I, I don't know if you want to then randomize this. We have eight to go here. Um, like, so I have here, here's the, the, the ones that we have so far. We have Catwoman. I wrote Crystal Pepsi. God damn it. Who was Crystal Pepsi? Um, I don't know because I was erasing them as we were going so that I could keep track of who was left. Uh, no, that was so, Spider-Man 2099. It was that I literally wrote Crystal Pepsi as my choice. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I can tell you who no. we have left. Yeah, no, I, no, no. So we have Catwoman, Spider-Man 2099, Storm, Spawn, Ghost Rider, Harley Quinn, Deadpool, and Green Lantern. So um, you, I'll put this to you since we have these, like you, you pick the two, then I will make a decision. So I'm not biased. Hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I think this will be the one that's the hardest for you. So I'm going to say Spider-Man 2099 versus Spawn. Mm. Oh, you know, just Spawn gets it because just that, that like you, if you, if you asked me to name like one character of like the nineties that changed things as we know it in terms of like, cool, it's going to be Spawn. Right. That, that's, I mean, I love the 2099 look of Spider-Man. I've not really read a lot of that. So yeah. Anyway, so Spawn moves on. Spawn moves how, on. How dare you make me choose between my loves? Continue, please. Yes. <laughs> 
well, you know, once Into the Spider-Verse comes out, you'll be all back on the Spider-Man 20. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know me, I'm a honk. Right. All right. So, um, hmm. I don't want to put two women up against each other because that feels weird. Um, it is interesting that all three of the women's costumes came through, um, which says something about those designs more than uh, or what the, was going on. Or that it's like the ladies, you know, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to put uh, Harley Quinn up against Catwoman. We'll oh. stay Batman. Oh, that, you know what? I'm going to go with Harley Quinn. Cause again, that, that like for some, for a character that was like almost a toss off that has become such a big deal. And DC, right? I, I think that first impressions count, and I think that's been lasting. Yeah, I still, I, I know it's the old man in me, but I still have trouble uh, reconciling uh, her look outside of the classic costume. Or I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It just doesn't look like Harley Quinn to me. You know, even though she's been that way for, I don't know, like 15, 20 years now, mm-hmm. but... All right. So. The Party City version of Harley Quinn, right? <laughs> the, whole, like, yeah. the morph we'll put, suit Harley Quinn. I'm kidding. We'll put two X-Men uh, against each other. I mean, I, technically he's not an X-Man, but you know what I mean. Uh, we've got Deadpool going up against Storm. Mm. Oh, you know what? Here's the hot take. As much as Deadpool got it right from the start, Storm went through a lot of iterations, but Storm, that that is, that is the, the most iconic. And it's a shame that we will not ever see a version of her with um, Black Panther and like cinematically, right? Like that would have been an amazing thing to see. Well, we might like 30 years down the road. Um, Maybe, you know, you know, um, uh, once, uh, you know, the young T'Challa that we're introduced to in uh, Black Panther two, sorry, spoilers. Uh, maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, he's he meets a, a young girl in Cairo that just has like, you know, just the storm cloud over her head walking around. We like, haven't seen mutants properly in the MCU yet. The closest we've come is, uh, Ms. Marvel. Well, Namor, which, Namor's a mutant. Oh, uh, I guess technically. Yeah. Namor, but you know, I'm going to go, I mean, uh, Ms. Marvel is still my favorite thing from last year. So I'm yeah, go there. So, all right. Well, the, all your, right, your, your, um, your, uh, Atlantean, um, th- you know, racism. I don't know how I feel about that, but anyway, so <laughs> you know. come on. I, I literally like, like screamed when, uh, she's talking to him at the end of the episode and like, she's like, I'm a mutant. And like, yes, you hear like the, the little like tease of the X-Men theme. Come on. Gave me chills. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Uh, the last two here would be Ghost Rider, Candy, Danny Ketch version, uh, up against the Kyle Rayner version of Green Lantern. <sighs> okay. Uh, all right. So I, I'm not that familiar with uh, Green Lantern. However, I think that is a a much more revamped design of the Green Lantern look versus mm-hmm. the Ghost Rider, which I again I love Danny Ketch's Ghost Rider, but that's not like outside of the motorcycle. That's not that big of an update. So, right. so I'm going to go Green Lantern, which I mean, I don't like this. Sorry, Ghost Rider. Don't come after me. Um, this. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I just I can't believe a DC character made it to the, the final four. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, two of them, two DC. So we have actually look at me. Look at me being a heretic. I have two DC, one Marvel and one image. Dear Lord. All right. All right. 
So yeah, I, I feel like there's there's plenty of bad to go around with character redesigns in the '90s. Mm-hmm. So don't take this as uh, any sort of you know uh, declaratory. Decla- how do you declaratory declarative thank yeah, declarative. you uh, i couldn't say clandestine uh, like earlier in the episode i kept calling it Candyland. so who, who am i so all right but yes. i think i enjoy the dc revamps of designs more than i do uh some of the marvel ones although i will also point out that uh you know at one point dc was like you know what let's put uh Le- uh, put Wonder Woman in like bike shorts and a leather jacket. You're like, what? <laughs> Why? What? And then her have her be the fastest uh, bike messenger. You know, yeah, all, uh, I'm like, you know. who? Who thought this was a good idea? Like, I don't know. It's it, the '90s were such a weird time. I, they were a wonderful time, but they were definitely weird. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, if I'm randomizing here. Uh, well, I guess I'm not really randomizing because we're down to four. Yes, so we're, we're down four. to Spawn, Harley, uh, Storm, and Green Lantern. Uh, we'll we'll start with your most recent pick of Green Lantern, and we will put that up against uh, Harley Quinn. Oof. I, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Harley just because, like, as much as well, because also with the Green Lantern core, like, you can always go in different directions, right? And that's fun part of the core, right? Like, you can do different iterations of that look. Cause it's like, it's based upon the user, right? Like the ring, the ring makes the suit, right? Like, so mm-hmm. that's probably more of their personality coming through, but Harley. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to interrupt you to say that the reason I, one of the reasons I fell in love with green lantern at that time was, uh, the first issue that I picked up was issue 51, which is Kyle's first real issue is, is green lantern. But, uh, he was an artist. And one of the things that they did was, is it like, Kyle won't go and create things like giant boxing gloves. Like he's going to make complex things with his ring. So like if he had to do something, you know, instead of making like himself just fly, he'd be like, you know what? I'm going to make like a cool ass, like flying motorcycle and I'll ride around on that. Or I'm going to make a mech suit and I'm going to go into battle in that. Like they gave Kyle an imagination, which is 95% of what a green lantern should have yes. or be. Um, <laughs> So like I was all like, about like Kyle what if first. what if Frank Castle was a Green Lantern? It's like guns, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, you could do anything. Bigger guns? No, 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 no. Frank, Frank, <laughs> Frank, Frank. You can make anything. He's like, yeah, guns, more guns, guns that shoot guns that shoot guns. Like you know, like <laughs> you know, I, I, it's it's interesting. So they found ways. You know, once they decided to bring everybody else back, you know, they found ways to to kind of implement that in with different characters like you know with uh john stewart they were like well let's you know since we're leaning into the military background it won't be so much that he's always making guns but he will make things that are like they're basically built to just end things quickly you know i like the fact that they gave him a little bit more of a tactical edge where his creations were different from kyle's Mm -hmm. and kyle's were different say than like guys because guy was just very much you know, um, <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know what Guy Gardner would do with the ring, other than be like, I'm going to create a bunch of guys in this alley that's going to beat the hell out of this guy. Like, it's like you know, like yeah, it's like I'm going to summon guy. soccer hooligans. That's what's going to happen right now. You know, like yeah, 
basically it was like i'm gonna make you know blunt instrument type things or ways to like beat you up kind of thing so it's just either a lead pipe or like an iron like that has been with like like an, like an iron used for an ironing board but like the cord's been wrapped up in his hand like <laughs> like just like you know like god you know you could do other things just like it works for my dad it's gonna work for me you know like <laughs> And it's like, guy, why is there a green pack of cigarettes rolled up in your sleeve? He's like, just shut up. Shut up. I got this. I got it. <laughs> and we'll, we won't forget that at one point, Guy Gardner had a yellow ring uh, yeah. when he was just Guy Gardner warrior. And then at one point, it's like, oh, we, he doesn't need the ring now. He's an alien. And he <laughs> became like a shape-shifting. Like, it wasn't so much that he was shape-shifting. It was that, like, he could create weapons out of his body. Like, I still don't know. <laughs> well, the most devastating thing he ever did was the bowl cut. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, but enough about Guy Garner. Okay. Uh, to uh, get down to our final two, the the last of the final four would be Spawn and Storm. All right, so um, I'm I'm going to give it to um, I have to give it to Spawn. So just again, it's just it, it it's burned in my head. It's a cool look. As much as that, that's a good look for Storm. Spawn got it right the first time. Yeah, I mean, it's of the image comics, I think it's easily the best design of any of the characters. You know, if you look back at, you know, because I almost included Bad Rock because uh, I always liked that design, you know, but it's it's literally just a big rock guy. Yeah, um, that was something that I thought that Leafield kind of hit upon. And I thought that he could have explored more because he's a little bit like Shazam, too, that like Bad Rock isn't for all intents and purposes is just supposed to be a kid. Um, and I like that he had this big design, but um, Savage Dragon mainly. But again, he wasn't a costume like most of yeah. what the Savage Dragon is. <laughs> is Savage he's, Dragon, he's wearing a police officer's uniform. But yeah. That's it. yeah. That's so it's fair. like, you know, once you get past that, uh, you know, I think Spawn is the clear winner when it comes I mean, to if design you're gonna ask wise. Me where my favorite Spawn design is, and it's, it's, it's briefly, it's the Spawn Knight. That's a cool look. That's a yeah. really cool look. Yeah. Yeah, I had that that toy at one point, so uh, I was all about the McFarland toys when they came out. Well, I, I'm glad that you stepped away from your buying of toys. I'm glad that yeah, you finally. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully it, it never got out of hand. I'm glad, that, Steve. I'm glad that you've grown up. I'm glad you're a goddamn adult and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell me, did the Ted Lasso toy show up yet that you ordered? No, that's a pre-order. I don't know when that comes. And again, yeah. speaking of McFarland toys, since it's from McFarland, you know the one. The main reason that I ordered it was is one. I'm like, oh, that'll look just great on my desk. But uh, I, I that thing is not a toy. That thing is a statue. Like they can call it a toy all they want, you know. But that thing is pretty much going to be a statue when it comes. Yeah, fair so, enough. So, but uh, yeah, no, I I I knew that I was going to take heat because one. Uh, McFarlane decided, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this is a new version of the movie Maniacs, and that pissed a lot of people off because Movie Maniacs was a series of toys that Todd did in the '90s that everyone loved because it was all horror characters. Um, but then also I'm like, oh, it's Ted Lasso, so I'll probably take heat for that as well. So um, yeah, that was a double-edged sword because that same day where I'm like, Ooh, I had to buy this, uh, I saw a lot of people being like, this is what he's calling Movie Maniacs. So yeah, calm down. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like you're, you, you, you know what? You can have your dolls and then people can, other people can have their dolls. It's fine. You know, everybody have their dolls, right? Like, 
I, uh, anyway, so it was a yeah. weird assortment. I will I admit. agree with it's that. It's like it was Harry Potter, Ted Lasso, which is a television show, and uh, and uh, Bugs Bunny. Where I'm like, yeah, you might want to rethought that. Uh, you know, you could have called it something like you know, classic Hollywood or something along those lines, or, or Hollywood or classics. Just call the series "Shit You Want to Buy." That's yeah, fine. that's um, fair too. Yeah. But it's like you know, but also if you've been like, you know, I signed an exclusive deal with Apple TV. And then you would have like some Ted Lasso figures, some Mythic Quest figures, and then like you know. Oh like, my God! If he puts out Mythic Quest figures, I would be all of right. That. And then if they did something from like uh, you know what was it um oh um Severance, I'd be so hard pressed to not buy out <laughs> Scott from Severance. I need to get um, the depressed guy sitting at his desk. <laughs> yeah, Coming I mean, to Andor uh, season yeah, two. Yeah. <laughs> No, like, yeah, like, wait, what if, like, what if he signed a deal with Disney and be like, you know what we're going to do? Uh, Andy Serkis just yelling at people. That's what we need is, uh, Andy Serkis, uh, yelling about production, uh, capacity. That would be, that would be amazing. Or old man that can't keep up, you know? We, anyway. uh, we don't talk about toys very much here on the show, but I will say that, uh, I really wish that someone could just get the Star Wars license away from the clutches of Hasbro at this point, I really wish that it would go to, uh, McFarlane, Mattel, somebody else who could like do something with the, the license. Cause I feel like as big as star Wars is the, the aisles are always barren when it comes to choices of, of figures. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just me. So I'm going to, well, you weren't, you weren't excited for the Hasbro star Wars crossovers that they did with the transformers and star Wars where Luke Skywalker became like a, like a, like a spaceship. Do you know what I'm talking about uh, or no? Yeah, I do. And those those are terrible. At least 10 years old yeah, now. I know, but those are terrible. Well. Those were all terrible, terrible ideas. Um, I didn't like any of them. I was like, this is stupid. But anyway, so um, we have, I, I, we're down to our final two. I'm sorry. We're yeah, we're, we're going so, along over the course uh, of two days, so I apologize. All right, so I, the final two we have are Harley Quinn and Spawn, right? Yep. Oh, my gosh. This is tough because... We're talking about out of the gate designs for both of them. And, but you know what? I'm going to give it to Harley Quinn. You know why? Because in terms of like the greater pop culture world, I understand that her look has changed, but she's more in the mind share of the public because of what came before um, versus Spawn. So um, I'm going to give it to her because um, they, they've done a good job of like, I'll, I'll even give James Gunn he's done a really good job of like in the movies, like suicide squad to kind of like, and even with Harley Quinn, which was not his movie, the uh, birds of prey, they've done a good job of like, like um, kind of getting her away from like the booty shorts, like daddy's little monster look. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it's not the same as the, 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 the court jester, but you move forward and there's still elements of that idea in her look. So, that's always still paying homage to, especially with her with a hammer, right? That that's the thing that happened, I think, in Birds of Prey, which you should still watch that movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it to Harley Quinn because if it wasn't for the original OG look and how she kind of entered like the the comic space, she would not be as prevalent as she is now. Where Spawn hasn't changed the look and he's still badass because he got it right the first time, but there's been really no evolution of the look of the character. Because McFarlane's been like, you know, it's his, right? Why would he change it? You know, but I think um, you have to go from somewhere. And I don't think the morph suit would work really well live action, but it worked really well for the cartoon. And I do dig that design. Okay. Yeah, I I agree with you, actually. Um, 
And just looking through here, I think she squeaks by uh, our uh, our game here because it looks like uh, she did appear in uh, the Batman Adventures comic book. So okay. she was in comics, at least tangentially, uh, in the 90s. So that's good. Um, but uh, I, I, I think, honestly, like, you know... Batman is such a huge character. You know, any of these characters, Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, it's rare that you create a new character that's set in that world that is as as iconic uh, today as, as those characters are now. In the sense that, like, you know, 30 years ago, Harley Quinn was a new design, new character. You know, now she is just as much of a big dog as those classic characters. Like, I think... Uh, and I don't know what the numbers are like on, say, Wonder Woman versus like a Harley Quinn comic. But I imagine just going to the comic book store and seeing how much Harley Quinn stuff there is and how mm. many different books there have been. She's up there with her. Like it, it I might be that Harley Quinn is their big dog when it comes to female characters now. So uh, I don't think that was a bad choice at all. And honestly, you know, um, I think I think the one that I would have had the most trouble with uh, would have been. uh um, the Tim Drake Robin, because I love that design so much. No, it's but, good. Uh, it just, it, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it works. It works. It works really well. And I know you're more of a fan of the Batman style of stuff, but I I think it's a good, smart update of the Robin look. I think it's mm-hmm. solid. It's just, it's not something that resonates with me, but I know it's different for you. And that makes sense, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, there we are guys. Uh, Harley Quinn, greatest costume design to come out of the nineties. I don't think that, uh, there are that many people who would really argue the nitty gritty with you. So, yeah. uh, right. and if you do, please come on. Uh, yeah, let us know. You're be like, listen, I've listened to this episode for seven years now and I have, I have issues with what's going on. So I feel like we've been recording it for seven years. I don't I know, even know what my fault. Is I anymore. apologize. Oh, Anyways, don't apologize. Yeah, so as promised, let me let me try my best to do a Billy Joel of the list of the code names that you gave me for this. Sweet. We'll round this out here. Um, <clears throat> pizza bagels, Tamagotchi, Beanie Baby, AOL discs, Crystal Pepsi, mm, Popeye Hanson, flannel <laughs> shirts, Zima, Spice Girls, Simpsons bootleg merchandise, Pogs, <laughs> getting jiggy with it. That doesn't really quite go so well. Real World, Rachel Haircuts, Snapple Lady, Hostess, Teenage Mutant, Ninja Trolls, Villa Pie, We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> That was pretty great. It's not great, but it feels like that's a thing, right? Like, you know, um, anyway, um, so uh, I should, I should have included Bud Ice. I feel like that was, <laughs> um, you know, O'Doul's beer. I don't know. Anyway, so Bud Ice was a thing for like a minute in the nineties when they were like ice beer. What is, what's different about it? I don't know. It gets you drunk bottle. faster. That's what it is. But, but no ice, like, so <laughs> spoiler, um, you know, um, Bud Light Platinum is a thing right now. I don't know if you've ever dug into that. It's no, a, it's, no. Yeah, uh, but, is it made out of plutonium? It is. Um, it, 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 so I, I have one right here. It says Bud Light Platinum brewed for the night. 6%. What I don't know what that means, but it's 6%. So it's like 2% more than most beers, you know? So brood for the night. Uh, sounds for kind of night. creepy actually yeah. brood for the night, you know, <laughs> you know, anyway. So yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody. Thank you for um, putting up with us for quite a long time as usual. Next week, we're going to be getting into our year of um, Carpenter talking about village of the damned. So um, yeah, this, I know you've not seen the Steve I have, we're getting into 
the back half of his career. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to get a little wobbly, but I cannot wait to talk about this. this is, um, the last film, uh, with Christopher Reeve pre-accident. So we're going to get into that too. Uh, Kirstie Alley's in this, um, you know, we'll get into, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. I cannot wait to talk to you about this film. It's, I think it's going to be a fun conversation. I also think it's, uh, the first Mark Hamill post nutsack scene <laughs> in, uh, body bags, but I could be wrong. Oh, I, okay. So real quick, whatever, like, so what was it two weeks ago? I, um, I had, uh, cleared out a bunch of space on my iPad cause I was going to download a bunch of comics from somebody I know. Um, and then it's, it, 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 it kind of caused some issues where I had to like redownload Dropbox on my iPad. And it was this whole thing. I was having a panic that I couldn't get like things like downloaded again. And I'm like, Oh no, have I lost my ability to play sound files? And I was just terrified. So before I was recording an episode of strange highways, uh, with my, with, you know, with uh, friend Terry, I was like, Oh no, I was like, can I download something? And then I made sure that I, I was able, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta test something. Luke Skywalker's ball sack. And I did, I made sure <laughs> I made sure I could download that. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad that's, that's safe for posterity. <laughs> it's not a rock. Oh, I have that one too somewhere, but anyway, so yeah, let's go do it for this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. And in the meantime, I don't know if somebody starts calling you and asking about scary movies, uh, just hang up. I think, I think you'd be better off hanging up, right? Like hang up, go, go, um, I don't know, like call the cops immediately and also hide, like find a place that you can hide that has one way out. I just, I have no good explanation. Just please just be smart. These movies, like the screen movies, they are smart, but they're not. So Steve, what do we got? Uh, I, I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to follow there and I'm like, how do I follow up? On I don't know. Um, you can't yeah. follow up on perfection. Paul is what I found. <laughs>
sure And it's such a fucking bore But we don't need them anymore We don't 